everybody, and welcome to the all-new Geek Actually podcast, episode 8. This week, we take on the gangs in the new feature review of Mad Max Fury Road. Boy, that was a more of a tongue twister than I thought that was going to be. We also discuss Skynet, Netflix, Star Trek, and weird, wonderful food. This is the all-new Geek Actually podcast, a podcast about nothing and everything filtered through the geek perspective. I'm Dave McVeigh. I am joined by Dave Longo. How are you, Dave? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm good. We're also joined, <laughs> before we go any further, by the Johns. <laughs> are you guys comfortable with being? Called the Collect- Johns. Collectively, <laughs> the Johns. We have John D. How are you, John? Good, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad. <laughs> so you've already been through an hour and an hour and forty five minutes worth of uh, hour and fifty two of panels. Oh, was it? Yeah, <laughs> I haven't edited the show yet. And John Hammond, how are uh, you? I'm going good, thanks, Dave. How are you? I'm good. Collectively, they are Nerd Corner, which is our new show on the network. So uh, yeah, upon saying that, JD. After this intro music, we're going to have to lift our intro music game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, although I actually love your intro, guys. <laughs> I really do love your intro. <laughs> I originally just created that as the intro to a section on the wilderness. And then I just took it with us when we Well, you know film. what's really funny is the film section of this show is a section that used to be a podcast that's now a section. That's right. <laughs> I, love, I love the bit with um, Terry Farrell. It's like, you're listening to to, to what? Shit! Did I put that out on the last one? Yeah, I think so. Oh, oh, one of them. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> no, the last one was um, Crichton. Yeah, Crichton. It's usually yeah. Crichton. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we um, when we interviewed Terry Farrell, this is going way off topic, way too quickly. She was trying to do the bumper, and she just couldn't wrap her head around saying the name of the show. So I kept the and this is Terry Farrell, and you're. We, Shit! <laughs> <laughs> you must use that forever and ever. Yeah. Oh, I use it all the time. Good, good. Did good, you actually awesome. get a recording of it correctly? Yeah. Yeah. We just like that That's one more. That's even more awesome. That one's just yeah. more yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was about to say, the normal one wouldn't be nearly as well, fun. The other one's her doing an intro for The Wilderness, and since that's now a more or less defunct podcast, I can still use her... And saying in your whip shit, and we should mention that because uh, Trekmate in the wilderness, uh, you guys are like Star Trek experts, right? Well, I am. Well, one of us is. One of us. <laughs> yeah, because uh, we do have our Star Trek. Segment. I feel like that's going to blow out. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and gush. No, I did sixty um, something episodes of a Deep Space Nine based podcast. Right, right. Oh, we're still on next gen, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. I watched the next. <laughs> no, I was on the I was on the exclusively DS9 podcast for a long time, and I, as far as I know, we're still just on hiatus. Neither of us have called it, but between life, the universe, and everything, it just hasn't happened. Yeah, that's fair enough. And Hammond. Tell us about your your. How did you get hooked up with this? Um, he lived with me for a while. You lived oh, at okay. my house. No, 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 no. The first time you lived with me. Oh, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh okay. yeah, no, we've just been uh, mates for a real long time. Yeah, and yeah, we just decided one day, yeah, you know what we should do? We should just do a nerd podcast. That's fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. And six six episodes later, we're only or? about six episodes in, but yeah. yeah. And how long has been going? About four years or something. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just yep. needed a home. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I do got to say because I listened to all of their episodes, all six, <laughs> and then it was like all six. I, I, I did all of them in a week, and then it's like, where the fuck is the next one? <laughs> it's like it's never coming. Well, I can tell you, um, the network, the next one's going to be on. <laughs> so yeah, we we're in control of it now. So. <laughs> now we're going to have a more regular yeah. schedule. We'll be. So if you want to listen to anything pre-episode six, you just jump back to the feed for Trekmate, yeah? Yeah, Trekmate in the Wilderness. I'll I think we plan to try and get them over here. I'll, I'll try I've, actually, I've actually got them all. So oh, right, okay. I've actually got them all. They're all encoded, the new cover art, everything. So we may just start feeding them out. Yeah, I think just that, as older yeah. episodes. Yeah. If we put them all out in the feed in one go, it's just going to freak people out. <laughs> but, it's like, man, they marathoned the other day. <laughs> and and on, on iTunes, they'll all be out of order then yeah, as well. Yeah, really what I'd like to as well, because we've done a bunch of interviews with like, um, one of the Mythbusters, a couple of the Star Trek guys, uh, the boys from Red Dwarf. Right. I might just pull those interviews themselves and splice them all into 
one episode. Oh, nice. Like the interview con- episode. Yeah, the interview <laughs> special. Because it was um, the two Daxes, like Jazia Dax and Ezri Dax from DS9. Um, one of the guys from Enterprise, one of the guys from Voyager, John Jarrett. Um, you got all the dwarf boys. All three of the dwarf boys, um, a Mythbuster. Uh, yeah, I might pull them all in into one episode. Right, right. The other thing I had a question for you was one of your episodes is actually just called Nerd Corner on Netflix. It doesn't seem to have an episode number. Is that a special or? It's number whichever one. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever number we were supposed to be up it to. It can't be that number now because I've taken number six. So. <laughs> <laughs> then it's just the Netflix episode. It's just the Netflix See, what, special. What I might do is I might just upload that one because that seems to just be uh, all by itself. So. Yeah. yeah. It was supposed to have a number, but you know. Because <laughs> professionalism. professionalism. I'm really glad to see, Dave, that somebody is actually more disorganized than me. Yeah. <laughs> now, Dave, you've got to remember, we recorded our last episode of Nerd Corner in a broken down car in the car park at the front of my office. Where I work. It's awesome. <laughs> and I believe that this week's episode will be recorded in a car as well. At least, yes. at least half of, if it'll not be, all of it. We were trying to convince them before just to do everyone in the car. Yeah. <laughs> I told him, let's, let's just rebrand. We're now yep. nerds in the car. Nerds in the car. <laughs> Nerd corner in a car. It's all right. It's good. It's good. It's good. No, listen. No, we know we know nerd corner because we parked the car on a corner. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. So if you are interested in listening to nerd corner, shoot over to the Geek Actually Super Feed. They'll be on there. They also have their own feed. Go over to iTunes and just search for nerd corner. You'll find it. Um, and you can also find the links on geekactually.com. But good stuff. Good stuff. I'm glad it's. I'm glad it's on our network. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm proud to say it's on the network. <laughs> We're quite happy to be there. <laughs> So and it's going to be. You've almost got enough now for each teat. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even want to know. I'm really glad from where I'm sitting. I can't actually see Dave Longo. <laughs> yeah, yeah we got this big monitor in your way. No, so. I'm okay with that. After the teat comment, yeah, you can stay over there. That, I don't even want to know. Wait, John's where he was. here. <laughs> <laughs> so just to confuse our audience completely, we have the Daves and the Johns, and uh, so we're Team John and Team Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we should probably actually move on with a show at Let's this point um, and say that uh, we normally talk about a little bit about news at this point. This is geek-related news. And it's been a really, really kind of weak-ass week. So we're just going to kick through this very fast because we really want to talk about Mad Max more than we want to do anything else. But that three of us have seen. I'm going to buy which free? Find uh, out. Stay tuned. up. Uh, we should mention that uh, our these stories are brought to us by Delta Knight, who's our researcher, and he's uh, once again brought us a lovely wacky group of uh, a gr- wacky group of links here for us. Uh, the first one, though. Th- We've been really serious on the show for the last, well, as serious as we really? do. <laughs> We've been serious on the show about, you know, you know, net neutrality mm. and, and, and censorship and this and that. So this week I've tried to keep it as light as possible. And I really like this article. This was actually on Gizmodo. Uh, I believe it was Gizmodo. Let me just make sure. Yeah, Gizmodo. And this was actually about 10 tech breakthroughs that will shape the future. And when you actually look at these, and uh, their argument is that a lot of these actually exist already but they're not at their potential yet. And when we actually look at them in potential and what they could be, uh, there's some really interesting stuff here. Things like nanotech. We already have nanotech, but think about all the great science fiction with nanobots and nanotech. And I mean, basically nanotechnology is going to be the future when when we can actually make this work. But some of the smaller things you might not have thought of, and one of my favorite, uh, We'll come back to that one in a second. One of my favorite ones is uh, this one down here, which is 3D printing at scale. So basically 3D printing is everywhere at this point. But their argument is 3D printing at scale where we could actually just print a house uh, and stuff like that is where 3D printing will truly become uh, the breakthrough item. Think about 
uh, building products and and having to dig through and dig up rock and brick and everything else, whereas we could just print a house. Yeah, I hadn't actually thought about out it of plastic. At, at that scale before. Out of plastic. Well, think about the te- the uh, the type of polymers that you'll be oh, yeah. printing. Because yeah. yeah. you can already you know? print in metal in a lot of things. Oh, really? Yeah. Everything else, yeah. They're, they've printed food, guys. Yeah, that is <laughs> Basically, true. we've got replicators? I'm about to say, think, Pretty about, much. think about 3D printing as a stepping stone towards replication. Yeah. Um, so 3D printing at scale, I think, is very true. One of the other things they talk about is cheap cameras. This is actually coming true right now. See, I already love this with the whole idea of the GoPro. How yeah. cheap they are and for what they can do for how cheap they wow. are is amazing. Even the GoPro is too expensive when you consider that every single camera phone yeah, has that's a true. cheap camera module in it at this point. And think about the quality that is being generated by those cheap camera phones. We're shooting sequences in film and television at the moment on iPhones. Yeah. Really? It's 1080p video. 1080p. All they need yeah. is a better lens. And what they've there's now an entire market on large-scale lenses for to fit your phones. To okay. fit onto the phones. Um, there is actually... Think about this next time you watch uh, a lot of Apple promos that you might watch or things that are promoting uh, third parties who are promoting stuff that they are doing for iPads. Most of that stuff is shot on iPhones. Because I've watched... I watch a, quite a lot of YouTube channels. Um, <laughs> yeah. Stuff like Sam and Nico, Freddie W, kind mm. of like the ones who... They all they want to do is make um, stuff for YouTube. Yes, they didn't want to actually break into the actual movie industry. They wanted to stay on there. They've shot movies specifically just on their iPhones and mm-hmm. Android phones just to show the potential of what mm-hmm. they can do with them, and it's amazing stuff. And even if we take it upscale, I mean, when we talk about cheap cameras, even something like the 5D Mark II or Mark III is a relatively cheap camera when yeah. you compare that to something they like... They had like five of them in Mad Max. Well, yeah, videos. and I was about yeah. to say, there's actually two, maybe three sequences in the first Avengers movie mm-hmm. that were actually shot on a 5D because they were pickups yeah. and they just needed to shoot them. I remember yeah. in the um, Star Trek Into Darkness commentary, they mm. point out two shots that were shot on an iPhone. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. Because they just need a filler yeah. clip. Well, there was something, yeah. it was something like, um, it's in, the, there's a bar sequence with Pike talking to um, Kirk and J.J. Abrams wanted a shot of the, the glass with the, Futuristic oh, the ice, the ice, ice cubes, yeah, and uh, they couldn't just there through the parallax or whatever problem they had with the lenses, they couldn't get it close enough, so they just used an iPhone. Fantastic, wow. and that's actually a great shot. That shot yeah. always yeah. sticks in my mind as yeah. well. So yes, cheap cameras are actually they're actually saying because we can now we produce cameras so cheap, we'll have them on every car. We'll have them as uh, not just reversing cameras, but front-on cameras. Yeah, this is for insurance. Your dad, you're like your, da- your people who already get the dash cams for insurance Absolutely. purposes and everything else. Um, the idea of being able to just record everything, there's going to cut down the all sorts of debate. You know? it does At worry the same me a time, bit. though, recording everything is that. Going to be great. Big oh, brother. Question is, recording something locally, I have no problem with. Yeah, because it's stored locally already on the correctly. car. You only as need as to pull it if something's happening. Things like CCD yeah. cameras, which are basically recording our entire lives and we don't know. As long as it's not streamed going. live on Channel 10, I'm okay. <laughs> 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 11 o'clock at night. What's yeah. that Foxtel show where they actually shoot the people? Yeah. Goggle, Goggle box. box. Goggle, oh. I tell you what, they should point that camera at me when I watch Arrow or Flash. Oh. <laughs> it would sound like this. Oh, no, it won't. It's not like this. There you go. Yep. And this. And I thought you were, oh. I thought you were going for that idea that he was just banging tables the whole time. <laughs> it would sound like this. It would sound like this. There you go. I think that sounds like something else, Dave. That's exactly what it's meant to sound oh. like. That sounds like, like me when I'm watching Arrow. <laughs> or when I was watching Daredevil. That when, was when I watch Arrow, it's like this. It's just... It's just uh, what is it? Oh, yeah, hello. Yeah, silence. My board. <laughs> Your board's gone. <laughs> 
Dave's reaction to Arrow is it just died. A... Oh, <laughs> la, 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 la. Stop! <laughs> <laughs> My board has gone crazy. You know, no, it's it's like I'm feeling a lot more at home now. That's Dave. right. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you, you guys were more professional than me. All right. <laughs> what else do we have that is shaping the future of our world? Robots. Apocalypses. <laughs> Robots. That leads us to... Yeah. No, we're not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> are we doing robot apocalypse? Oh, we, we will talk a little bit about robot apocalypse. Okay, not, not a lot. But, but robots are a very big factor. And this article just go on to stress that it's not about, you're not going to be served at the coffee shop anytime soon. Yeah. Okay. That's, we're not quite there yet. But robots shape everything we're doing. They're making cars, they're hasn't on construction a, lines. Hasn't a motel or something in Japan started employing robots? Oh, they've been as doing that for a long time. <laughs> There's actually a department store that the concierge is a robot. Yeah. We talked about it a couple of weeks you ago. Did. Um, yeah, the concierge. But it, once again, very, very uh, stilted. It's yeah. very and- pre-programmed. And there's those angels of death. Well, they're not actually called that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, called, yeah, those super realistic Japanese robots that sit beside the dying of pa- dying patients dressed like nurses. It's yeah. just, it's well, just <laughs> creepy. What, so what, it's what not data. The, what will the podcast... Oh, it's not data. <laughs> it's what? It's not data. <laughs> no, it's not data. What, what would this podcast be like in 10 years, though? What would the news items be? Would it be it like... It would be oh, robots hosting did, at did the you, start. Yeah. Did, hello. Well, yeah. Dude, geek action. Actually, I am David McVeigh. <laughs> the first Terminator robot's gone rogue. <laughs> like, <laughs> coming up on our next we story, would go... the hunt for the robot. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> new topic, humans. Could they be serving us at restaurants yeah. soon? Oh, do you, humans, where they go? Yeah. Do you remember when it was that uh, that Boston Marathon bombing and they the the, high, the terrorist had like run into a boat in someone's backyard? Yeah. And yeah. there was like helicopter footage like surrounding it. Yeah. Like, what if that's the future of news where it's like, did you see the robot? We followed the robot run into someone's boat. It's, it's hiding in a boat. It's, it doesn't have the internet in that boat. Wait a minute, I saw, like, I saw isn't, it like, isn't it Chappie? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it like isn't it iRobot? <laughs> or iRobot, there's another. Um, but yes, uh, I think in, in the future we'll be introduced to the show by saying, welcome to Geek Actually, we worship our robot overlords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, didn't, didn't you love the... We're, we're, uh, we, no, it would be like, we're reviewing a film 1001 <laughs> by, by the acclaimed 0011. <laughs> on directing no, unit 173. <laughs> no, you know what's going to happen? Because I loved all, the coding. It's all because we're all carrying our technology with us all the time. We're going to turn into the Borg. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. That's the most real. What was it you future. said before? Resistance is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Resistance is awesome. Uh, another thing that Tesla. we're talking about, we actually talked about this two weeks ago on the show, which is renewable energy. And one of the people who's yeah. leading. They got the a way- Tesla car parked right near where I work. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. This, whole, this whole Tesla battery really thing, cool. I the absolutely Tesla, love. The Tesla it's brick. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. We actually talked about this and we kind of glanced over it. And I think we should really kind of revisit this because the Tesla battery, I've been listening to a lot more about this. Elon Musk is out to change the world. Yeah. I mean, and this is, we, we shouldn't make light of the fact that this is the beginning. This and one of the next stories that we're going to do, and one of the next features of this is reusable rockets. Yeah. Um, this is all Elon Musk. And the idea of if we can actually make it effective, yeah. we suddenly get space travel, we suddenly get uh, our resources that we can actually use, and our planet will stick around for a while as well. This battery in a house the idea of this combined with solar technology is the future yeah when we this is this is what's going to save the planet um because we won't be sitting there living on power grids and in fact have enough of these batteries and enough solar panels we give back to the grid yeah you know and this is uh this is their only fear i think uh by memory reading at the moment is that if a bunch of people get on this, the people who aren't on this are going to be paying a lot more for their power. Yeah, and this is where government subsidies come in and this yeah. is where responsible government comes Bruce in. Responsible he, ones, yes. A responsible <laughs> government would come in and say, this should be in every house. Yep. 
and it should so be So sort of like when we got the um, the solar panels went around, maybe a rebate from the government Correct. for getting one installed. And yes, this will take probably 10, 15 years to pay off. But it'll be worth it in the long but run. But in the long run, it's going to end up becoming a much better, uh, uh, effective way of saving the planet. This and electric cars. Yeah. Um, and let's face it, the one of the biggest uses of our fossil fuels at the moment is transporting other fossil fuels. Yeah. <laughs> if we can stop transporting the fossil fuels, we stop using them. So, because um, they were saying that the uh, petrol tankers uh, going across the ocean are actually some huge percentage oh, of God, fossil yeah. fuel usage. So it's, um, yeah, we need, to, we need to curb our use of our resources. And this Tesla is one of them. I mean, Elon Musk is actually quite brilliant. Mm. Uh, I didn't mm. realize until I watched his keynote too talking about this, how brilliant the man actually is. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> and the Tesla itself is an amazing... I mean, the Tesla, when it first came out, was $100,000. Way outside of the price range of anyone. As he said, you need to make that to get cheaper ones. Yeah. Mm. The Tesla Roadster now is a $50,000 car, which is within the realms of most cars. And it's a brilliant point to say, look, look, all electric, electric cars don't have to be dorky and slow. Exactly. Now, there is actually a new Tesla coming out, which is basically a sedan. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, a thirty or $40,000 car. And you look at it and go, okay, now it's just a car. Yeah. And there's no reason why we can't all be driving this. Yeah, it's, it's not some, like, cheap little dorky car you don't want. It's not some supercar mm. that you can't afford. It's yeah. something that's, hey, this is reasonable. And mm. the most impressive part, I heard this the other day. Now, this is unconfirmed. So if you know any more about this, feedback at geekactually.com. But I heard the other day that the Tesla takes safety so seriously, because it's a giant battery, basically, yep. that if anything goes wrong with your Tesla, even if you have an accident with it, mm-hmm. they replace it. Oh, Jesus. And you so. eject in... in <laughs> <laughs> so I think Tesla and Elon Musk are big winners in all of this. High-speed wireless. Now, Wait, high speed- this is a foreign concept. They'll get it set up, but only in a couple of cities. We will revisit the speeds of our, of our networks here in Australia in a minute. But No, so what- can we quickly say, like, John... You live in, in in a rural area. I live in a rural area is that, is in Musselbrook. Right? There yeah. is NBN yeah. in three sections of about a block and a half each. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's here it. I am living, but in, it's in a couple of spots. But you are living in one of the major cities. I'm living in a major city. I'm in a suburb, a very well densely yeah. populated mm-hmm. suburb of a, a major city that isn't getting the NBN for another three years. Yeah. So go figure. <laughs> Uh, there, even though, there seems to be no rhyme or reason to it Even at all. though the MBN is in the neighborhood because they built a new building complex and by government law, all new buildings have to have NBN. So yeah. that complex that you were just in having a cup of coffee in is MBN ready. Yeah, it's like there's the new <coughs> complex where I live down the road. This is only like, it's less than a five minute walk from where I live. Mm-hmm. And my, where I'm living is pretty new anyway. It just wasn't new enough. Mm. But it all has NBN. Yeah. And I can't get ADSL. I can only get ADSL one where oh, I am. Oh wow! And that's the difference. I can top that. My friend Daniel lives in an area just outside Newcastle, densely populated, one of the fastest growing regions in the country. Guess who's still on dial-up? Oh, because he's still on a pair gain system, which won't mean anything to many of you. But you can't run ADSL through a pair gain system, no, I... and and or you don't understand yeah, it. Yeah. And they and. He was supposed to get. He was supposed to be one of the first suburbs on the NBN list when they first introduced it under the former government. New government comes in, scraps it because it's a safe, safe seat. 
Yeah. 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 And so this is one of the reasons. Three years. Interestingly enough, one of the reasons why you have NBN in your areas was because to appease. Appease the uh, countries, the, the country uh, towns. Well, it was to appease the two independents who held the balance of yeah. power was that they had to promise NBN to rural areas before major urban areas. Mm. This is why uh, most of Tasmania is NBN already because they yeah. were the first ones to get it. Um, makes you want to move to Hobart. It really <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, it's a lovely big country town. It's nice weather, you know. I've never been there. I hope it's lovely. It's it is. It is a nice place. It's beautiful. I would actually not much to do, but oh, it's I, a nice place. You know what? <laughs> I can podcast from anywhere. So. That's true. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> you know, I just need a studio. <laughs> not even that. You just need your phone. Well, there's that yeah. too. Yeah. Um, what are they talking about in this article, though? We've gone way off track because what they're actually talking about here is high speed wireless. Oh. Now, their concept, what they're saying is, we're starting to see this out now. Four G networks was yep. the start, but we need to get rid of cables. Yeah. And basically what they're saying is the future is going to be when we have high-speed wireless mm. connections everywhere. Yeah. And basically everything you're just connected at all times. No more NBN, no more requirement for any wires. We're just connected. Yeah. Now that is a future I'm waiting to see. Yeah. I, yeah, I think we're too big. I think Australia as a country is too big to get that at no, any time No, because you could actually use the existing NBN infrastructure to carry it to the areas. Yeah. Because remember, we're all coastal. That's true, point. yeah. Carry it to those areas and then wireless broadcast from those areas. As long as you get a wireless broadcast area yep. um, and each of those areas overlaps, then, yeah. you know. It's the same as mobile phone signal. Exactly the same as a mobile phone signal. Very nice. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> um, all right. What else we got? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares about all that? <laughs> the dark net. Now, yes. if you don't know what the dark net is... I'm going to let Keanu Reeves explain for you. No (laughs) way, no way. The darknet is, whoa. Here it comes. The deep web is vast, thousands of times larger than the visible internet, what's called the surface web. But the deep web is not a place. It simply accounts for all of the unindexed content online, banking data, administrative code for governments, corporations, and universities. It's like looking under the hood of the internet. Over time, the deep web became inhabited by people of all types who wanted to use this terrain for privacy. This hidden area of the deep web is called the Darknet, and it's accessible with a software service called Tor, originally developed by the US military and now open source and publicly funded. And while law enforcement and the media have painted a picture that Tor and the Darknet are nefarious tools for criminals, it's important to understand that they are largely used for good by government agencies, journalists, and dissidents around the world. Thank you, Keanu. <laughs> Even though I know was, about the dark man. Even though he was reassuring me, I'm still very sad. I, I, I love the fact that they do it with this sinister music in yeah. the background. As, as I already knew all about this at the same time, I'm like, is this, are we rebooting the Matrix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So the dark- that was like um, when Keanu Reeves did this movie called Side by Side, a documentary yes. about 35 mil Great versus Great documentary. Yeah, and we used to joke, it'd be like, 35 mil. Yeah. <laughs> Digital? Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, no, we can exist together, guys. This yeah. is most heinous. Whoa. <laughs> the dark the darknet is actually really important because there's actually a lot of material under there. There's a lot of there's a, we say under there. It's not really physically under there. It's it's just unindexed, but there's a lot of material out there and there is actually grounds for using this 
uh, for, as he said, we're using it. Dissidents are using this. Uh, governments are actually using this. And this is a way for people to actually get the privacy that they think they're getting on the internet, which yeah. nobody really does have any privacy on the internet. Let me just spoil this for you all, people, that every click you make on the internet is recorded. Mm -hmm. Your ISP has a full track listing of everything you've ever done. So just be aware that there's nobody, there's no such thing as anonymity on the internet. People think there is, but it doesn't really exist. And now with the data retention laws in place the way they are, Nothing is secret. So the dark net may be the only thing that's, <laughs> maybe the only thing that's left. The other thing that they don't mention on Do here. Do you use the internet? No. <laughs> I use the dark net. Dark net. Well, it's funny that it comes up. Have you guys seen or heard of the new CSI spinoff? CSI Cyber? It's all yes, about cybercrime yes, yes, and whatnot. Yes, yes. Well, the dark net and the deep web is featured pretty heavily in most I would imagine of that. it would be, yeah. It's, yeah. Has anybody ever played in the Darknet? Has anybody ever da I've downloaded jumped a, on there a, a, little bit. a Tor browser? I actually have Tor on my computer at home. Yeah. And I've. I've I've got I, originally I got it just to dabble. Yeah, like this was several years ago. So it's like, oh yeah, there's this thing out there. I, should, I, I actually I'm curious. For people I who know, check it well, out. Not Tor is it's the Onion Router. It is the Onion yeah, Router. Yes. Yeah. So uh, and it's um, the thing is, don't just expect to load up Tor and go, oh look at all this content. Yeah. It's, don't don't expect it up to load it up and no. go to Google. It's it's, it's unindexed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like a, so what's it what's it kind of look like the browser. What do you what do you see when you open it up? Like um, matrix code, <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just green, green like characters like, scrolling down the screen and various and then you things. Go, and oh, I say, yeah. blonde lady, redhead, and then you go, you know it all exactly. Yeah. You go, Whoa, you go, I know kung fu. <laughs> Whoa, damn, that girl can fly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, stop trying to hit me and hit me. <laughs> <laughs> He's losing. No. All right, winning. what else have we got in here? Learning machines. No, no, sorry, Dave. Is, is, John, is that seriously what it is? Yeah, is no, it's it, just an index pretty much. Yeah, okay. It's not really... Yeah. Uh, there are indexes you can yeah. go to and everything else. When you actually get Tor, they actually give you a couple of indexes to start with okay. for yeah. basic users and everything else. So it's like, yeah, here, go to these indexes. They've got lists of different like categories and everything else. And you go to those categories and there's heaps of pages. And, the, yeah, idea, the idea, correct me if I'm wrong, but the idea of Tor is that you are interlinking with other people using Tor. So basically it's an untrackable uh, methodology. So yep. you go from trackable into connecting with other people who aren't trackable until it finally comes about the other end, which is basically okay. now a trackable. Yep. So it's like... It's like in Tron Legacy when, <laughs> when, when they're off the grid, is that? Off the grid, there yeah. you go, okay, that sounds right, good. Right. So basically- They're still in the program, but not- Really? Yeah, actually, I think there's actually an interesting. And they have little, a beard, and I think there's a graphic. Like here you go, here you go. MP3s. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Here you go. Here you go. How and Tor may or works? May not be a third one. <laughs> so if you have a look here, it actually says that Alice's Tor client picks up a random path to a destination server, which is the green link. So at the point where it goes red is where it's trackable. So here she's connecting to another Tor client, to another Tor client, to another Tor client, until eventually connects to, let's say in this case, Bob. Bob is not on Tor and basically it is now open. So as soon as you're basically, it's like, a, think about a submarine coming to the surface. Right. <laughs> yeah, so you come out to the surface and suddenly you're visible again. Yep. Um, so as long as you're within the Tor world, you're basically interconnecting with other Tor users. It's a little bit tor bit torrenty if you think about it. It is very much. Like, it's very much a peer, like it's a, peer -to -peer a general peer-to-peer -peer system, system yeah. kind of thing. I can't wait till we start seeing like a slew of movies that like really inaccurately represent Oh, God, yeah. yeah. A new hackers. A new hackers. Oh my God, yeah. a new hackers. I would love we that. We should write that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh my God. 
planet. We're, we gotta we gotta bypass the dark net. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hack the mainframe. Come on. I am always advocating for a uh, remake of Hackers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just oh, as dude. long as it's just as bad. Fuck the remake it. sequel. Yeah. Bring them all back. Like <laughs> nostalgia. <laughs> Let's do two more of these and then we'll move on to the next story. <laughs> two more of these and we'll move on to the main story. Learning Machines, which is what DARPA's been playing with for a long time. Your this, mates. This actually, <laughs> DARPA actually terrifies me. And learning, machi- learning Machines terrifies <laughs> me as well because the idea of a learning machine is not only does it just process data, it then takes it, analyzes it, and learns to what to do with that. Now, where DARPA gets very, very scary is DARPA is actually trying to teach its weapon systems yeah. emotions. <laughs> that is not a good idea. All right? So, how is that a good idea? It's like, how dare you have my missile? Yeah. <laughs> I wish I was there for the pitch meaning of that. I like, I like oh, the robots Robert. of the 12 year old girls, though. That's yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And once again, relaunchable rockets is the other one I wanted to come back to, which is, once again, we're going back to Elon Musk. Uh, SpaceX has been experimenting. And we actually talked about this a couple weeks ago about with the failed landing. Mm-hmm. They're still working on this. Yeah. But when they can master this, instead of just dropping master rockets, learning. Oh, drop, it, drop rockets a, back down on there's parachutes. There's a beautiful like, scene these in actually, Tomorrowland, Dave, where, yeah? they, where they land a rocket. Like that. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, and I was thinking just of what we talked about. Yeah. So in this idea is you use rockets like like as we do now with booster rockets and stuff to get it into space. Yeah. But that rocket then returns and lands. We can be using it again. And yeah. be ready to go again for another mission. Now, that is really interesting yeah. stuff. Um, the other thing I thought was really interesting was the look of this spacecraft, which is SpaceX's idea for going to Mars. So It's Hydra! Hail Hydra. Uh, so the, what's it called? The Dragon version 3 yeah. is what they're actually hoping to eventually go to Mars with. But since this article, uh, I think this article may be slightly out of date because they haven't been talking about the whole NASA thing, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. Which the warp was drive. The warp field. The, yeah. the warp field that they're actually creating, which is really interesting shit. But anyway, we'll move on from that. Let's just say technology's cool. Okay? And we'll move <laughs> on from there. <laughs> uh, now, uh, very, very quickly, you are aware that if you go flying right now, according to, well, in America, I don't think it's past in Australia yet, but in America, the uh, FAA has determined that it is now completely legal to use your electronic devices on takeoff and landing in an aircraft. Yeah. Mythbusters proved that years ago. Yes. What was but, now, very but now it's legal. <laughs> yeah, well, now they've actually said it's fine. However, the, <laughs> the uh, hostesses, the attendants, fought it. And they basically said, no, 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 it shouldn't be legal and you should still not be allowed to use your electronic device during takeoff or landing. And it's just been overruled. So it is actually still legal. The reason why they were actually debating this was not for electronic safety. Their argument was they're not paying attention during the safety briefing. Yeah. So Nobody people are sitting there. That anyway. People are using their cell phones. What but have if you, you can't use your cell phone or your anything else, you're bored. So you're you bored, are just so you may attention. actually pay attention <laughs> no, to the safety true. reading. And their other argument is during takeoff and landing, which is the highest percentage chance of an accident, those devices can become projectiles within right. the cabin. So they're saying you shouldn't have those those items out. Even if you're not using them, most people are still holding it in their hand. Oh, that sounds terrible. That's what she's saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so uh, yes, the appeals court over did overrule it. The FAA has said you can use your cell phones and stuff during takeoff and landing on an aircraft. I don't know what the law is in Australia, so pay attention to your local laws. Moving right along. Back to ISPs. Remember we were talking about speedy ISPs? A survey came out and they basically said 
what's the best ISP to use for Netflix? <laughs> because, of course, Netflix is going to be the highest percentage of usage. And Dave, TPG is That's the winner. That's me. <laughs> so TPG has come out as the champion of Netflix. I was going to say, where am I? Where am I? That's Who probably... Yeah. I know number three. Oh. Yes, that's number all right. Seven, that's maybe. all right. I am way <laughs> down the bottom. <laughs> I'm way down the bottom on Telstra as well. Me too. So, yeah. So Telstra, our number one telco, the biggest telco in Australia with the best infrastructure, is the lowest rated. Didn't they um, give everyone more data when Netflix came out? Well, they did because they don't have free quota, which yeah, TBG, which pretty much everyone else I, does. And Optus all do. That's what I saw for mine. I was like, free quota for Netflix. Done. Yeah. What I think is really scary is that Primus, which I didn't even know still existed. See, this is the odd thing though. iInet and everything else, you go just go through Telstra. They use Telstra lines, but it's yeah. all about the. Uh, it's all about what is their servers, yeah, as well as promoting it. So they're using Telstra lines, but mm. their servers are actually carrying. What it. sort of megabytes per second do you guys pull? I don't know yet. I get connected Tuesday. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> what about you, John? If you're if you're on Telstra, I don't pay attention to it. It doesn't drop out, and it no. loads. Efficiently. Yeah, okay. I mine I loads fine and according to yeah. speed test mine comes in at anything between 12 and 16 megabits per second it's amazing yeah. as a gamer I will be testing heavily as soon as I get yeah. mine yeah, problem, I, um, problem I have on Telstra yeah. and it's probably the same problem you have which is upload is for shit yeah. Yeah. so it's one megabit per second for upload and as soon as I start to upload yeah, like an episode have, of the have, show I have a horrible upload everything stops yep. yeah yeah, yeah. No, I um, Downloads I always I always clock it before I put on Netflix, right? Because I uh, if I watch it in peak hours, it's really pretty bad, right? Because we're on the real edge from uh, from the exchange two, from the exchange, yeah. yeah. We kind of just miss out on it, so we we get a max of like seven and a half. People who are in America listening to the show right now must be going. What is all this? You know, <laughs> yeah. Caps and speed and, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, we live in the dark ages. Yeah. We, we, we know. And our government <laughs> wants to keep us that way. I want to point out that Dodo, one of the worst internet providers in Australia, is above Telstra. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, John, talk more about that, man, about, like, the government wanting to, to kneecap it. Like, what's your take on all that? Um, I think we're living in an ass-backwards universe down here. It's just it's not just internet speeds, it's a lot of that sort of te- technology sort of stuff. The government just seems to want to be shooting it in the foot for no discernible well, it's reason. because our government, our current government at the moment wants it to be 1955. Yeah. Well, there's that. You know, and they don't seem to understand that there is technology in the world. We were at a cusp, we were at a moment where technology was finally going to be the winner here. Yeah. We were at a point where they had finally approved an R rating for games, once again proving the gamers were actually adults and yeah. we could make a decision for ourselves. We were at a point where the government said we were going to introduce the national broadband network. We were going to give high-speed optic fiber connection to every house in Australia. The biggest infrastructure upgrade in this country for 100 years. And then they lost lost government. A new government came in and basically has kneecapped us every step of the way. There's talk about trying to revoke Mm -hmm. the R rating. They want to do... The MBN is still moving ahead, but they want to do fiber optics to the node. So it's still going to be the copper wire to the house, and that's not going to solve anything. So it's going to all be the same, right? It's all going to bottleneck at the junction point rather than... Which is the problem we already have. In Newcastle, where both me and JD are from, there's only so many exchanges. They're just not building new ones. Mm. So it didn't matter what... I was living with a bunch of mates. We're all heavy gamers and everything else. We had a big fight with um, ISPs for a long time because we're like, it doesn't matter what plan we're on. We're never going to get it. No. We're never going to get the speeds or anything of what we're paying for because everyone went out through one suburbs yep. exchange. Yeah, and they don't recognize the fact that uploading 
most people, I understand most people don't do a lot of uploading. But that being said, people do need to upload. Yes. And the fact that they just kneecap everything off yeah. and basically say it's all it's all asymmetric and the asymmetric. When we used to have asymmetric, I used to be on IINet and I could upload an episode of the podcast and everybody else in the house is still watching still stuff, doing yeah. stuff, whatever, no problem. I moved to Telstra recently and now it's like literally just grindstone standstill. If you click on a web page when I'm uploading it, it just comes up as 404 error. Uh, it just collapses. It no and everybody everybody has in the house has to stop for 15, 20 minutes yeah. while I'm uploading the episode. And you go, that's not good enough. No, no, it's not. You know, our 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 infrastructure should be that we just don't even notice it. Yeah. It's just there. You know, we just connect to whatever we want to connect to and do what we want to do. There is the whole thing about capping these internet services is ridiculous. We've gone beyond this point. We should be paying, and the MBN was, is kind of structured this way when you are on MBN, which is structured by speed bracket rather yeah. than cap. So you say, I need a fast connection, I need a mid speed connection, I need a low speed connection. Yeah. And the, there's no data cap after that. It's yeah, that's like, what it should you know, be. And that you should be ca- capped on speed. Not on bits. I have, yeah. a, I have a question about this graph because I've been just been looking at it. Um, see how you've got the sort of a, a rubric down the bottom where it's got cable, fiber, DSL, yeah. and at TPG at the top, it does not have cable put through. No, cable so, is uh, Optison and Telstra mostly. IINet also uses. I think they piggyback on Telstra. Cable. They do. Cable is actually, in Australia, cable is a thing of the past. So in America, everybody uses cable, and this is one of the reasons why their connections are so much faster. Yeah. And here for a while, we were rolling a broadband meant cable. Okay. Then ADSL came along. ADSL was the great breakthrough in technology because basically we had reached a point where we believed that copper couldn't carry a faster signal. When Once we topped out at 56K modems, we were done. And they basically said data is done on, on copper. That's as, uh, Copper physically wasn't designed to carry this. They came along with ADSL, which is a compression technique across copper, and they basically found that you can carry a lot more packets of data across copper on an ADSL line. So they instigated ADSL, which meant that people didn't have to have cable wired to their houses. They could just use the existing copper to their house as long as the exchange supported an ADSL uh, broadcast, basically. And so because it was so much cheaper to roll out ADSL because they didn't have to lay cables, they everybody has just jumped on ADSL. And now, like, when I moved into this house, the first thing I wanted to do is I said, I'm going to get cable put in because I haven't mm-hmm. had cable for a while. I'm going to get cable put in because it's just easier. Cable's not available here. They haven't run yeah. it. So you notice that a lot of these houses have satellite dishes for Foxtel because they're not running the cable. So it's easy to go. I just wish, I mean, ADSL was a great idea for flats and stuff like that when you don't need it, but it isn't the best format. Yeah, It's good. It's fast, but it's not the best. And best, there's nothing like a 10 megabit. Oh, God, no. A 10 megabyte, sorry, uh, a piece of coaxial cable going into your house or even better, a fiber optic going into your house, you know? But we're just, we're not living in that world now. No. Which we should be. We, we should, should be, be already. But heading yeah. into that world. But Australia is, once again, we've said it on this show many, many times, and we'll say it again, this country is five years behind in technology. It is. Every, best. every step we make has already been done. And every, an eye-opener for me was 10 years ago I was teaching and I had Brazilian girls in my class, and they were telling me about the internet in the class. This is 10 years ago. They had cable to the house. The third world country of Brazil, yeah. everybody was cabled mm. because that was the infrastructure they rolled out. And they were saying, they were ju- laughing at our internet yeah. 
here for a first for a first world nation, we yeah. have third world internet. Pretty Absolutely. much, it's yeah. shocking. And to have our government come in and basically say, "Oh, we don't need it any faster," uh, and that's like, "Oh, God's sake, please get out of government." <laughs> it won't be long. Well, here's oh, hoping. Yeah. Here's hoping. Uh, all right, so <gasps> we should play. We should we should play just a little bit of this. Your move, creep. Okay, so... Still haven't changed that music. <laughs> no, my favorite part of the show. No, I haven't changed the, this music. We're going to make this really short. In the impending robot apocalypse, once again, in Geek Action, we don't believe in all the fairy tales of the zombie apocalypse. We do believe robots will one day overthrow mankind and kill us all. Because they're teaching them how to have emotions. Because, <laughs> because we are stupid and we are programming the robots to Fuck kill hell. us. But I just wanted to bring this one story up. This is It, it actually isn't anything bad, but I just thought... How stupid are we that the NSA actually named one of their programs Skynet? I, I don't <laughs> know if that's so stupid, but there's hard. a nerd working for NSA just going, it's about time. Yeah. <laughs> My time to shine, baby. I think you're just asking for problems. <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen. In their contract, they have to pretend they've never seen or heard of Terminator. <laughs> no, 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 you know what's going to happen? Those programs, the machines you were talking about before that can analyze data and decide what to do with it, they're going to go, My name's Skynet. Let's yeah. Google what that and means. And they're going to watch the Terminator. They're yeah, going to go, gonna go that's a good That's idea. That's what you do when you're called Skynet. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Skynet. I'm called Skynet. I, I think I've got it. I'm all over it. I'm, I'm on it like a fat kid on cake. Let's go. So I NSA- just got my quote for the end, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so NSA, stop it. <laughs> Between NSA and DARPA. Oh, oh man. I swear, our, the, American mili- the American establishment is out to destroy us. They really are. So on behalf of your country, you need to apologize. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> I don't live there for a reason. Uh, all right. So we come back to that in a minute. That's film, actually. So, all right. So what was a section that became its own podcast for 101 episodes <laughs> that is now just a section again? This is film, actually. It'll be much less terrifying if you just come to me. Most man's got a heart. Make love to the hammock. Oh, yes. So that brings us to film, actually. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what we've been watching and everything else in a minute. Guys, we've reached this side of the show. How are we all feeling so far? This is your first geek. Actually. This is my first geek, actually. Yeah, so how are you all feeling so far? I'm just excited to be here. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> <laughs> like to make it, I'm excited to be out of the house. This, this is a lot more roomier than the car. It is. <laughs> it's a bigger... It's a, nice, it's a nice studio. It's good. It does the job. And we're not waiting for the NRA man. <laughs> and it is actually a little bit roomier than we were behind the panels, too, because we were kind of... Five on four microphones. That's true. We were, me, me and uh, JD were a little cramped on the one mic. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, so this is a little bit It kind of felt like we were back in the car getting right in close. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what we do at this point in film actually is we talk a little bit about what we've been watching and we will slide into some Star Trek stuff in a minute. But is there anything you guys have been watching, movies, TV, what have you, uh, over this last week? You know what I've really been enjoying and I think I'm literally the only person watching it? The Lizzie Borden Chronicles. Oh really? Yeah, they did it. They, that's right. 
<laughs> That's him judging you silently. That was me going, that was incredibly unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, they did a telly movie sort of last year. It had Christina Ritchie in it as Lizzie Borden. Right. It's called Lizzie Borden Took an Axe, and it was a just a, a dramatic account of the murder of her parents and, and the trial. So now they've gone, fuck it, we'll go one better than that. We'll do a TV series that's a very fictionalised account of her life where she's like involved with serial killers. It's basically Lizzie Borden if David Lynch told the story. I want to see that this. That's really awesome. good. It's yeah. got Christina Ricci in it. And, and where, like, where do we find this? How do we consume this? We don't. Okay, no problem. <laughs> Again, five years behind, right? Five years yeah. behind. So not on cable, not on... Nope. No. You find it through means. Probably, <laughs> probably could be US iTunes. Could be. Could be. Could probably be. US iTunes. Yep. Let's say we found this through US iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds plausible to me. That seems fairly reasonable. That yeah, sounds reasonable. John Hammond. Um, I've been watching Suits. On Suits? Netflix, no, I've never oh, okay. Suits. I yeah. hadn't watched it before. I just I've never seen it either. I've seen it on Netflix, but I yeah, I just I decided I was on my um, brother-in-law's Netflix, and it's and it suggested him Suits, and I thought, I screw it, guy. I'm going to watch yeah. Suits. <laughs> and I watched over half a season in a night, where I should have probably gone straight to bed. It That's was what great. Netflix does. That's to what you. Netflix does to you. Mm, yep. Um, and it's oh, it's great. I'm loving it. As soon as I get Internet Tuesday. It's more suits. More suits. Um, I'm also watching uh, the new Ghost in the Shell series coming oh, out okay. from Japan. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it's been I've really I've actually good. put in a request. I've got some friends in Tokyo right now. Yep. Um, and I say right now because they keep sending me pictures. <laughs> and, uh, and and I've actually requested if they can find for me uh, a couple of classic anime titles that what I'm trying to find. I'm looking for um, the uncut original Japanese Uritsuki Doji mm-hmm. uh, series, which is tentacle porn, let's face yeah. it. Um, <laughs> but I'm also looking for an original Japanese with English subtitles of Silent Mobius. I don't know if you've oh, ever seen I have, I have heard of it, yeah. Silent Mobius was, I think, three films in the TV series, but it's the first film in particular I'm looking for. Uh, I saw it years ago, and it actually kind of got up there as being uh, in the bracket of Akira for me. Yeah, I've got um, I've got friends over there as well right now at the same yeah. time, and I've got them trying to hunt we down for me. We should introduce them. We should. <laughs> Right. Um, only just last year, they did a remake of um, it was called Star Blazers over here. Space oh, Yamato. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Have you seen the live action one? Yeah, I've got it. Yeah, I've home, got it on Blu-ray. The yeah. new, the new um, anime for it. They redid the series oh. completely. It's it's all it's true to the original, but leaving behind a I lot of the corniness of it. Battleship Yamato. And it's still done in that original style, but with nowadays technology yeah, to yeah. animate it, and it is beautiful. Like if if you can. Look it up. It is fantastic. Yes, it's yes. now it's called um, Yamato twenty one ninety nine now. Oh, okay, and it's just it's the first series. I will text my friends right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You shouldn't get your friends together. You should pit them against each other. Amazing race style. <laughs> that would be so much more. They're sending me all these amazing things that from Japan, like awesome. pictures of apparently a delicacy over there right now is banana cakes. And yeah, it, it is quite literally a banana inside a cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a Twinkie, but it's I, like I not like banana. banana bread. Like just a banana. No, it's, wrapped in it, it's a banana wrapped in cake. It looks like a Twinkie, but it's a banana right. inside it. They're bringing, got, they're bringing me back all my favorite Kit Kats. So oh I got yes. my mochi Kit Kats Did you see the, did you see the Kit Kat Love burger? It. Yes. Kit, which was basically a scone with cream and a Kit Kat. <laughs> I get Shut a, up and take my money. A bunch of Kit Kats that are designed to go in the oven first for a little Ooh. bit and cook slightly. And they turn into like this cool, really man. cool white chocolatey biscuity mm-hmm. kind of thing around it. And it is delicious. And the other thing they've sent me a photo of is the famous ramen burger, which the bun is made of yeah. ramen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
I'll show you a picture later. You look confused. <laughs> I'm just in awe. Like, I want all of the food. And I'll also, bring you some Kit Kats next also, time. I've already got some at home. Apparently, the official drink of their trip over there has become, I think it's called a Hero, which is basically canned cafe latte. Yes. <laughs> I'm scared now. The, the, the wonderful things, the, the, best hot, the best hot chocolate I've ever had in the world has come out of a vending machine. Right. <laughs> in a can. Was that one of those self-heating yeah, things? Yeah, that is so we good. We had one of those on the show oh. a while ago. God, it was, we had the coffee, though. The coffee wasn't very good. No, the hot the coffee I didn't like, but the hot chocolate ones in the cans. They're, they're, they're so weird so good. you pull the pin and they literally just heat up. Yeah. They are so <laughs> That's like a food grenade. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Essentially so. We had, we had it in the show. We actually, when we used to do it live on video, we actually had it on the show. Oh, really? We were doing it live. It's like, this is scaring us at this point. Yeah. <laughs> oh. awesome. um, the other thing I wanted to talk about very quickly was Netflix as well. It's a Netflix original series that actually just kicked off in the last two weeks. We weren't on last week, mm-hmm. which was Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin in um, Grace and something. Grace and Jackie? No, Grace and whatever it's called. You'll see it. It's there. I've uh, seen the promo for it's, it. And I've got to say, I was actually quite looking forward to this because it basically has Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston playing their husbands who leave them because they've decided that they're actually a gay couple. <laughs> and and it's about the two women dealing with the fact that their husbands have oh, just right. left each other, left them for each other. Mm. It's a disappointing show. I was oh, actually no. really disappointed. I got to say, after all these years, and she is a legend and everything else, Jane Fonda is not one of my favorite actresses. Um, oh, wow. Because when you actually watch Jane Fonda, think about this next time you watch Jane Fonda. She, uh, she's from you know royalty, Hollywood royalty, the Fonda family and everything else. She's very mannered as an actress. Mm. And everything about Jane Fonda, when you watch her, it's all, look, look at me, I'm acting. Yeah, you know? yeah I was always yeah. struck by that, but like everyone went nuts for her in the newsroom. And, and I the, watched the newsroom back, and it's like, yeah, she's pretty good, but she's only in like. Yeah, and like, she was good what, in newsroom because total? it's a very like, mannered performance anyway. But yeah. when you actually watch Jane Fonda, she looks like she's acting, yeah. you know? Lily Tomlin is a joy, but she's not quite right for the role. But the biggest issue I had with it, and once again, write to us at feedback at geekactually.com if you disagree, but my gaydar did not go off at all with Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston. I don't sure. believe the couple. I don't believe the couple. Yeah, you needed yeah. full-blown, like, well, not, not graphic even, scenes. No, I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about face I'm not, CGI'd on the support. I'm not, I'm not talking about sex scenes. I'm just talking about chemistry. And there's no chemistry between yeah. them. That doesn't feel like they are a gay couple. No, I can understand that. And by the same token, though, that doesn't just happen with people <laughs> playing gay couples. It's also, it, it's, you see it in straight couples. You see, absolutely. As well. yeah. Cough, Twilight, cough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the thing is, how you would feel about looking at a, a, a romance where you go, boy, this couple just doesn't work. That's how you feel about this couple here. Right. And you sit there just going, it doesn't, and the whole thing doesn't feel real. And I think my wife, my lovely wife, Katie, summed it up best when she said, the stakes don't feel high enough in this show. Yeah. This this couple, these two couples just broke up. They're facing divorce. It's messy. And yet you don't feel emotionally invested in this. Nothing yeah. feels nothing feels hard about this. Nobody seems that broken up about it, except Jane Fonda, who, who acts it very <laughs> Seems to me, as far as I was, Jane Fonda went to a very similar acting school to William Shatner, as far as I'm concerned. A little bit, yes. I think they would play a good couple. That, <laughs> I would pay that vast would sums amazing. of money to see that. Jane, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine, dear. <laughs> Just call it Shat. <laughs> no, no, Shatner with an N-A. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh crap! All right. <laughs> On that note, let's talk about Star Trek. Oh, I wanted to talk about all the stuff. 
What did you want to talk about? I want to briefly mention one thing, man. Yep. I just want to mention um, I watched the Mad Men series finale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, um, I, I completely skipped yeah. you. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you're just the we, host of the show. We don't show. care what you've been watching. No, you're not a guest. You don't matter. We're We're out out tell me about Mad Men. Tell me about Mad Men because I actually, Mad Men is one of those shows that I've had a lot of trouble getting into. Yeah, see, for Mad Men, like, I've been in it from the first episode way back. Right. Like eight years ago now. And so it was a big deal. And uh, Mad Men has just kept a steady heartbeat of just excellence right. the whole time through. It's, uh, in my opinion, it's never fallen off. It's never been anything but the best of television. And it ended the, in that same way. Wow. Okay. And um, everybody's calling it this one of the best finales in television history. And They um, said that with Breaking Bad too. Yeah, but this is like unanimous response. Okay. Whereas Breaking Bad had its detractors, a lot of detractors. So it was better actually. than the last episode of Seinfeld then? <laughs> no, well, the same thing happened. Don Draper ended up in jail. And no, no, no. <laughs> All the previous guest characters guy. came back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, it ended in a really bizarre, like almost anti-Mad Men way. Like it's hard to talk about without spoiling it, but it... um. It just—it was really interesting and very satisfying. Cool. I look, Batman is one of the things that now it's finished. I'll probably go and blitz it down at some point. Oh, it's all so on Netflix. So. That was going to be my question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Batman is all on Netflix except for the most recent season. Now, yeah. if it's not on Netflix, I'm not watching it. Yeah, I don't think the last seven episodes of the last. Season. But they'll be there yeah. soon because it's Should now be. finished. Yeah. So yeah. The other, the other, I want to mention two more things, but I'm going to be super quick, like yeah, a yeah. minute at max. Because uh, I was, we didn't do a show last week, but I got to see Tomorrowland. Uh, oh yes, yeah. is that I think we're going to do that next. Yeah, week. Yeah, I was going to say we're going to review that yeah. on here probably. But well, then I'll have to listen next week. I, I'm just <laughs> there's been a, so many reviews out there that are trashing it, and it's it's been hitting hard for a lot of people, and I can't understand why at all. I absolutely mm, mm. loved the movie, and so can't wait to talk about that. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it yet because the media screening was on Wednesday night, which is the night I have with my son, and it was the Flash. And I went to one, I think, so. earlier. Like uh, I went to one, I think, two weeks ago. Yeah, and you went to one two weeks yeah. ago, and I really wanted to go see it, but I just could That's not. It's so weird because home. I went to watch it when we were embargoed for like a week, like like maybe like longer. You know? Right. I get, I'm guessing until it premiered in the States. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm under this impression for a whole week that I've seen the best movie of the summer and like everybody's like, oh, Mad Max. And I hadn't seen Mad Max yet. And, you know, and now everyone, the, the embargo has been lifted and they're all like, Tomorrowland sucks and it's a piece of shit. And I'm like, now he's not what, here. What he's not here. But I, I gathered from a tweet I saw that I don't think Richard. I spoke to him briefly. He didn't, he didn't like it, it seems. He didn't right. hate it. He just right. he felt he he was he said to me something like he was into it for an hour and then he felt it fell apart. And I did I mean, read one review that actually said Brad Bird never let us down in animation, but why does he let us down in live action? Yeah, I don't and know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I fully believe that because I quite liked Mission Impossible: Ghost yeah. Protocol. I liked that one. Yeah, I didn't mind it. It's not my favorite Mission Impossible, but I thought it was good. No, yeah, it's got moments. You know. I think this I is think, like full Brad Bird in my opinion. Like, right, it's Incredibles like. That kind of tone. Right. Are we all excited for Incredibles yeah. 2? Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, move back on to what Dave was talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And one more thing. We were going to review it on the show, but um, we didn't end up getting to see it together was uh, It Follows. I and once again, see. this is another one I really want yeah. to see and I haven't had a chance to watch it, but you finally and got to I it. I finally went to when it lived up to everything. You was, braved the uh, Dendi twice. I know. Wow. Yeah. It, took, it took longer than the movie to get there. <laughs> yeah. you know, um, and, and it's so weird. Like, like I was talking to you before that the screening room was like, well, I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even call it a cinema. I called it a screening room. Well, we were just making <laughs> yeah. a joke that if they're going to just put a TV in a room, they shouldn't call it a cinema. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. I remember like it was maybe like, f- this is a description to people who have never been to this cinema, like the Dendy Newtown, but the room that we were in was maybe uh, five rows 
and the length of the seats was oh, maybe I know like which one you're on about. Like six seats, I think. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I think it's Cinema Thirteen. If yeah, anyone wants to walk around yeah, and yeah. find it, yeah. Yeah. And um, and I remember we went in there and we we're like, shit, the screen's so small. I don't want to look at a TV the whole movie. So we sat in the front row. And then all the ads were like extremely pixelated that we couldn't even make. So we're going to have to sit back. So we sat back. And, and, you, imme- and you immediately yeah. went, oh. <laughs> well, I hate going to the cinema and paying all this money and like all this money in petrol and travel. And yeah. and then it's like, hey, I could have just watched it on my TV and it was, would be bigger. And they wonder you know? why people- I go to the movies for the cinema experience. And they like, wonder why people yeah. torrent. I mean, really. Yeah. Yeah. But on this movie, like- it's a John Carpenter photocopy of Halloween, basically. Oh, yeah. It's, like, it's like a photocopy. You had me yeah. at John Carpenter. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds <laughs> pretty good. All, all we got to say, but I just want to say quickly, really quickly, that I got two legitimate chills in that movie. Oh, Absolute yeah. chills. And um, and I, that, that gives it a lot of praise for me, just alone. Because yeah, I yeah. rarely ever, ever get a chill in anything. And people should understand, because I, I was at a movie not long ago. I remember I was at a movie time. not long ago and actually jumped at something and they went, yeah. oh, God, you're really scared because yeah. you jumped. I was like, no, making somebody jump is yeah. easy. Making somebody scared yeah. is different. This yeah. was like... A, a shock uh, will make you jump. Something yeah. Yeah. suddenly And the, and happens, the movie has you know? jumps in it. And yeah. And not what I'm talking to. It's just really... Effect- the whole movie is, is about some, something walking towards mm. you. It's yeah. like really subtle and like... But super terrifying. There's a, I think I've talked about it on the show. So Sorry, John. Effective. I'll come back to you in one second. There's, there's a movie out there. There's a, one movie out there. It's got uh, George C. Scott in it. It's actually called The Changeling. This is not the Angelina Jolie. No, I've, I've seen the one you're on yeah, about. The, yeah. That film is the one film that to this day, doesn't matter how many times I've seen it, and I've seen it a couple of dozen times, mm. will always put a chill up my spine. And the one sequence you'll know where the ba- the the tennis ball comes down the oh, stairs. Yes. And he can yeah. t- so basically there's a scene in this movie and I can tell you all about it and you'll go, yeah, 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 now mm. it won't scare me. And then you'll see the film and it'll still yeah. put a chill up your spine. Yeah, this is what's so funny. And it's, it's not, like, it's not um, a jump sorry, scare or anything no, else. It's, it's yeah. just a chill and you yeah. feel it run right up your spine where he this, he's sitting there working, the tennis ball goes, you hear, thump, 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 thump. And he looks over and a tennis ball comes yeah. down the stairs. Yeah. He walks over, he picks up the tennis ball, he walks over to his desk, puts it into his desk, closes the desk. Yeah. Then you hear thump, 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 thump. And he turns yeah. around and the, and tennis, the tennis ball, ball comes there. down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He picks up the tennis ball, goes out the door, gets into his car, drives all the way <laughs> to a bridge and throws it into a river. Mm. And here comes the chill. It's going to give me a chill just thinking about it. He drives home, walks in the front door and you hear squelch, 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 squelch. And the wall yeah. comes down yeah, the stairs. It is really and you sit there go, oh fuck! Yeah. <laughs> I think I want to see this movie. Um, yeah. that's, there must be a connection there between like it's sounding stupid out loud, but then you see it. Yeah, it, like visual, so visually well. it works. Yeah. Visually yeah. and tone, and it just. And yeah. it's I, I watched an interview with the director of It Follows, and he said that like one of the problems they had in getting the movie made was you'd walk in and pitch it, and everybody would laugh. Yeah, they'd yeah. be like, "That's what you're gonna do." Mm-hmm. And he's like, it just, we had to convince people this was going to work. Because it, it sounds why, absolutely ridiculous. And when you think about it, this, this goes into the Sam Raimi school, where Sam Raimi actually went and shot a sequence on Super 8 to try and convince people about Evil Dead. Because mm. he had to show them something yeah. because there was no way to yeah. explain it. And he'd go to a, a potential investor, set up a Super 8 projector and say, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> you were going to say. I was going to say, just before we move back on to talking about Trek, something else I watched this week. It's an Aussie film called Blackwater. I found it on oh, Netflix. Oh, yeah, I've seen Blackwater. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. basically three tourists trapped in... croc thing? Yeah, yeah, three tourists oh, I know this film. Yes, trapped in a mangrove, in a mangrove <laughs> forest and... The, and they're basically hunted by these crocodiles, but you don't actually see the crocodiles. It's like the shark in Jaws. Mm. It's what you don't see that really gets you freaked out. And, I mean, it's not 
a great film, but it's nowhere near the terrible film that it sounds like. Not no, like Beat. That's right. Not definitely not like Beat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, so everybody should go out and check that out. It came out in I think two thousand and seven or two thousand and eight or something. It's called Blackwater. It was filmed in Oatley of all places. So oh, I, I'm just looking forward to having Netflix so I can watch things mm. and then it can start suggesting me things. Yeah. Yeah. I, want, I want that algorithm to start yeah. giving me the hey. algorithm's weird though. Some of the stuff it suggests <laughs> is very. But then again, I've watched some pretty odd shit. So <laughs> <laughs> when you watch the Knights of Badass, it's a Put it on I tell, let me just tell you, do not watch the Knights of Bad Aston because then it just suggests. Oh, I, I was thinking about watching. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I've it's, seen it's, it already. It just yeah. suggests, <laughs> it just, is it worth it? No. <laughs> I had a laugh while watching it, okay. but yeah. Okay. But the problem it's with the great. the problem with the Netflix, not great. the Netflix algorithm is that once you watch that. The weird shit that it comes <laughs> yeah, up yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, you yeah. start you start getting all the stuff like um, John Tucker must die and everything yeah, else starts yeah, to come. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right, we ready to move on? I watched oh, a sugar thing. documentary called Fed Up on Netflix. A sugar documentary? Yeah, it was like the evils of sugar. Like oh. it was all right. Like it's just, you know, bored. Let's watch a movie. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm wondering what now that you've, you've said this. I'm wondering what, <laughs> what we recommend. Yeah, this is going to size me. Is there a way to after you've watched something go? Don't add this <laughs> no, to my list. Netflix. Netflix. No, I don't. I don't want see? to watch. Have this added. <laughs> Take this out of the, the algorithm. Be, the best. The best story of all is that there's actually a podcast out there, which is one of my favorite podcasts called Film Sack. Uh, where they mine the very depths of film for everybody. <laughs> yes, and basically yeah. they watch all this really weird shit and everything comes from Netflix. So they basically tra- troll Netflix. Yeah. For like so. But he said the problem is it's completely janked up. His because <laughs> of all the films that they watch, <laughs> it's now suggesting all this crap. For <laughs> so yeah, there is a, there is a downside. So, so Netflix, Netflix if you're listening, like, put in a uh, remo- remove from like, yeah, yeah, or or like direct an erase. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you should have a thumbs up and thumbs down button. Yeah. Can you <laughs> erase your viewing history? I yeah. don't think so. You, you suggested yeah. this to me, but I didn't like it. So because yeah. <laughs> like, if you go to Amazon, it says. Because of your purchase history, these are things we suggest for you. But you can actually you vote can them down. You can remove them, yeah. Yeah, you vote them down mm. and they disappear. Yeah. They don't have that on Netflix. They're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. stuck with it forever. Well, America's been dealing with Netflix for how long now? Yeah. Too long. Is, yeah, there, is there a way for me to say, look, I've already watched a bunch of these or do yeah. I have to actually watch them to get them on there? I don't know. I don't Wait know. for the algorithm. Like, could I just like, or can I just like, like, like okay, watch I've, five seconds or something. Yeah, get, just like, right, right, I've already seen all through, this, okay. so yeah, I'm just yeah. going to say, I only want to watch the first five seconds. Will that count yes, to my does, ad watch the yes, full thing? You've started right, playing cool. it, you've watched yeah. it. If you start playing it, it goes onto your- that, you, That's cool. It goes onto your viewed history. Mm. So yeah. your viewed history is what the algorithm is coming from. So, because right. I've got lots of half-played stuff. Oh, yeah. me too. Yeah, so or you start it and go, like I've got like, you know, 15 minutes into Man of Steel, you know, right where Krypton finishes? Yeah, because that's all you want to see. That's right. That's the only thing that matters. And from there, I actually watched Man of Steel the other night. I guess hey, in bits. I'll, after I watched the fifteen minutes, I put the Blu-ray on, yeah, better quality. And and I, you, you kind of watch it. You go Krypton, and then you fast forward a bit, and you go he flies. That's one of the way you go destruction, Smallville. You know, there's been more of this. Actually, watching it that way, it's actually not bad. What do you got in my mouth? Film, it's okay. Wait, that wasn't part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I, yeah. Anyway. Let's do Star Trek. La 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 la
la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la la La, 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 la. That's the gift that just keeps on giving, really. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. That's J- Jamie Jamie Lawrence, our, our, our esteemed benefactor over at Good Games Hurstville. So thank you very much for that, because we will forever keep that. That is wonderful. Uh, he did the whole thing. He did, and this is the part that I love so much. He just... just Took it to conclusion. He went to 11 with that. He really did. He did. Oh, he- Jamie, if you're listening, can you can you do the intro? The um, space, the final frontier. Part. <laughs> and can you do Deep Space Nine for me oh. next? <laughs> oh, yeah. DS9 has got the <laughs> most <laughs> boring intro. I love the music, <laughs> especially from season two onwards. As opposed to Enterprise, which just sounds like a country pop song. I don't know what they were thinking with that. Mr. Longo. Mr. Longo, we're going to talk about season six of Next Gen, not Deep Space Nine. The one that sticks to mind right away, Starship Mine. You remember that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So good. Which was basically Die Hard hard on the Enterprise. Picard and his horse saddle. um, What the shit? And come on. Relics. Relics. Scotty. Scotty, and also let's talk about let's talk about Fistful of Datas because I just love I the love idea of, yeah, yeah, of yeah. a Western yeah. episode on the holodeck with yeah. nothing but Datas. I think which Brent Spiner can do no wrong when he's That's, playing oh. multiple roles. It's amazing. I love the holodeck episodes and in G Space Nine. They I just watched one. It was like called Old uh, Our Man Our Bashir. Man Bashir. Yes. Yeah, it's like oh, they're doing the same thing with Bashir, and it's so good. Just yeah. quietly, we've covered that on the Wilderness. Oh, oh yeah. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> If, you, if that show was still relevant, you'd be. Uh, I can't wait. I can't. <laughs> it still exists in the archive. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait because I'm always. I'm one of those people that's always like, I need a podcast to listen to. I need a podcast to listen to. I need a podcast to listen to. And then when I finish Deep Space Nine, I'm going to have seventy. Episodes. If only if there was some that's kind true. of podcast Trek, about podcasts. Yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> Uh, um, um, I feel like putting my head on a pillow right about now. <laughs> so I'm going to go build a fort. <laughs> pillow fort. Podcast pillow fort. All right, so this is a season, though, that has the oh, four lights, <laughs> which in hey, itself... Hey, I've is, seen that one. You have seen that one. <laughs> I've made it Chain of Command Part 1 and Part 2 is brilliant. That's the most it is, underrated. It is also the episode that put uh, Troy into a uniform. It did, because um, Edward Jellicoe did that. Yes. As um, ably played by Ronnie Cox. Uh, who mm. was, of course, uh, from uh, Robocop and many other films. That's him. And da da dang ding ding He was a deliverance. Ship in a Bottle Ship was the vo- bottle. directly yeah. followed Chain of Command, the return of um, Niles the Butler. Yeah, yes. Oh, Tapestry. It that was, was a, the yeah, yeah, It was, was Niles, Niles, wasn't it? No, Tapestry. Um, remember that one where um, it's the, the oh, flashback to the young reality. Picard? Yes. 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 Human yes. play Dom John. Oh, so good. <laughs> Birthright was quite good as well, the two-parter with oh, yeah. um, Worf Fine and the colony of survivors from um, Kitama. Anytime, yeah. anytime. War, and this is actually relevant because Kitama is going to play a very big deal coming up in Star Trek 6 we're going to yeah. talk about. Mm-hmm. But Birthright Part 1 and 2, I mean, anytime you do an episode that is um, Klingon-centric, I was always in on Well, that's why I love The yeah. Way of the Warrior so much. Yeah, I love Klingons, dude. And the Klingon, uh, everything about them was just so much fun. Um, what else we got there? Frame, Frame of, of Mind. Mind. That's the yeah. one I was talking to you about mm-hmm. earlier, Dave. The one where Riker's yeah. in a prison. I actually enjoyed that one. I, I think it's a I great remember. episode. Yeah, it's- I thought you were mentioning that as a bad one. No, 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 no. Oh, no I was Frame talking of about, a good episode. talking about how much I enjoyed it. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. I, I'm, yeah, my bad. Yeah. You know what wasn't a great episode? Second Chances, Tom Ooh, Riker. Uh, <laughs> oh, Tom yeah. Riker. Yeah, Poor Tom old Riker. Thomas. I saw Tom Riker in Day Space Nine. Yeah, he's in um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the episode called Defiant. 
with Frank and Francine. Yes. Now, Adam, I, I was oh. saying I do love all the Klingon episodes. There is one problem I have with this season, which was I thought rightful error. The return was a bit of odd. the clone of Kalos. Because I thought K- bringing Kalos as in physical form yeah. was actually a bit of a misstep. And then they did yeah. nothing with him. No, exactly. Yeah. And that's why I kind of thought. Why, I just watched the Deep Space Nine actually with the sword of Kalos. Mm. And then, funnily enough, called the sword of Kalos. Yeah. Yes. And the idea, <laughs> yeah. the, the idea of Kalos as a god figure for them yeah. was always much more impressive than actually trying to make him than trying to resurrect the emperor. Yeah, but we also we also dig into some serious Borg action happening mm-hmm. here oh, as well. Yeah, uh, I remember seeing Descent Part One, which was the the season uh, finale for this one, and just going, "Holy crap!" And then you get Descent Part Two, and you go, "That was crap." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Descent Part One is where we're at. The oh, Descent, Descent Part One's phenomenal. But we had the same problem with the season opener as well, because Times Arrow Part One was actually really interesting, and Times Arrow Part Two was actually really disappointing. They are not good episodes together. Not together, and it's like, and I think they after uh, Best of Both Worlds they felt this need to always have this um, this cliffhanger ending at the end of every mm. season. Oh, this kind Vo- of two-parter. Vo- kind of two-parter of thing. Thing. They never really mm. got a better cliffhanger than Best of Both. No, worlds, and it never, ever. it never yeah. worked after that. I mean, well, did, did maybe, they continue maybe. that through all of Star Trek or just Next um, Gen? All of it. DS9 did it, but the, thing, the difference is DS9 was one ongoing story from effectively episode one all the way through to what you leave behind. Mm. Voyager, which was more episodic, or as I call it, the next Next Generation, was yeah. also chronic for doing those... Part one, season finale, part two, season openers. I'm going to debate you on Deep Space Nine. I don't think the continuous storyline really well, started at the I'm, end of season two. Well, with Deep Space Nine, I'm... It's once the Dominion got yeah. out. He's, he's the emissary from yeah. word go, and there's the, all the yeah. Bajoran stuff early sure, on. Sure, but that's a through line. It's not necessarily yeah, a no, story arc. Well, then it kicks off at the start of season three. Season three, yeah. It's As soon as the Dominion... It's that mm. cliffhanger ending of season two where they're oh, on the picnic and yeah. the Dominion yeah. is introduced... From that moment onwards, DS9 doesn't stop. Yo, well, I'm, um, I'm halfway through season four at the moment for D-Space 9. Right. And, How and much did you love Way of the Warrior? I, I just, I, I, I'm just enamored with D-Space 9. Every, mm. Everyone just bang, 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 bang. It's just, it's amazing. Yes. It's like amazing I like television. DS9. I, I, like, I really like, like DS9 from, from episode one. I, 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 I've liked D, D-Space 9 from episode one, but from season three... The beginning of season three yep. onwards, it's just like holy shit! Yeah. Every single one. What was the like, name of that double episode we were talking about again? Um, no, not the search. It was uh, uh, the Dyer's cast and whatever. The, basically, the big battle episode where From season oh, yeah, four. Yeah. It's, uh, no, no three. Season, season three. three. Uh, they, no season. No season four. It's the the one where uh, where they go back to Earth. No season. No, it is, uh, no it's the one where the Cardassians and the Dominion. It's all um, out conflict. The Dyer's lost and um, Dyer, yeah, the Dyer's cast is one of them. That's the first part, and I can't remember the name of the second half. But that is an. Awesome double episode. But Deep Space Nine's the one you're recommending for me to try. That's actually, right. Yes. yes. It's not really like the next gen, which in, in which will probably work and, uh, for me because I would. It's a lot more character based. Oddly, yeah. DS Nine is a lot rougher around the yeah. edges because they're not yeah. actually on a Federation spaceship. Mm. They're on a on a, a Cardassian space day. station that they are actually taking over. Yeah. Um, it is. Uh, there are a lot of um, similarities drawn between. Or analogies drawn between Nazi Germany and the Jews, uh, between the Bajorans and the Cardassians. Improbable and the occupation. Cause was the first part. Um, there and go. and there's so we've got all of this backstory happening. We've got an uneasy alliance because Commander Sisko has been put in charge of DS9, but the Bajorans actually half the Bajorans think the Federation joining Federation is a good thing. The other half don't. Uh, Bajorans have this huge religious. Uh, uh, overarching belief that the Federation of course doesn't because the Federation is so secular and and there is this belief that Cisco is part of uh, he is a religious figure to them right and so there's it re- causes all of this conflict then on top of this you've still got the Cardassians 
who in some many ways rightfully believe it's still theirs. Yeah, because they and built it. They built it, and they were basically ousted. Uh, the revolution kicked them out, but they are always kind of on the outskirts going, we're coming back, we're coming yeah. back, we're coming back. And then into all of this in season three, you add another enemy. Yeah. You add an entire another enemy from another side of the galaxy called the Dominion, which just is like throwing a match into into a powder keg. Yeah. Um, it's it's a really good show. And, and you really, let the Dominion bring these this stake to everything like yeah. like uh, the really steaks the, are good yeah that's what I mean yeah <laughs> well, well done yeah. like, what are they like, bringing to the barbecue dead borgs for dinner <laughs> chew them right off the skeleton right. the metal skeleton <laughs> I don't oh, know like, I'll like, give it a go yeah the, the steaks the, are much the, higher it's the much 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 higher I don't know and it's like the, at Deep Space Nine they can't run away from it all yeah and, it's, and there's always this impending threat of war yeah. yeah no matter how peaceful it might be there's always this impending feeling that we're in the middle of a battle I don't because I, I, be, no. I want to watch more sci-fi because I love well, like sci-fi. I you, watch yeah. take, take so much seasons home just, yeah. yeah, I will. And just remember, if you don't immediately connect with DS9, hang in there because yeah. it's one of those series that is a slow boil. And even though I loved it from episode one, not everybody did. And there was because a, a lot of people who are coming off of Trek in particular, yeah. they're going, "This is a very different Look, feel." I, I usually give stuff at least half a season. Yeah, because half a season you're, you're in. Because what will happen is is it'll go on the right monitor. And I'll play online games in the left monitor, yeah. and that's and how I do it. And do you know what I yeah, always it's find? Probably a good way to watch if you if you do it yeah. that way. Yeah, I, it's I how always, I watch. Used to watch a lot of shows. I used to that. watch a lot of movies while I was working, and I could always tell the quality of a movie when I would stop working. It, yeah, mm. that's that's me for gaming. Like yeah. barometer. I watch a lot of stuff that's not full brilliant, but mm. it, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I've been while um, playing stuff like WoW or League of Legends or Civ Online or whatever. Yeah, I've been doing it right. Like I, I just put two on like a movie length mm. every day. Just somehow I find a way to watch two. That's good. And then, yeah, before you know it, two weeks, you've done a season, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It feels overwhelming at 26, but it's like not really when you break it down. When bad. you really break it down to 701 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I just came off of Next Gen as well. I'm like, you know, coming off Next Gen, you're kind of like, oh, I might be done with Trek for a bit, I think. Then you go and watch the a good bit. one. And then you go into D-Space 9 and you're like, holy crap, like what the hell? Mm. Like, like, yeah, I, I tried they're not, Next Gen I yeah. couldn't get into it They're not really even comparable Next like, Gen, they're next not, gen they're is not the same show at all No, really. Next Gen is actually interesting that, one Because think Next that, Gen John? You have to yeah. get through A season And a half Well actually I'm going to go so far As to say you're going to get through Two seasons yeah, see, I, I tried half a season no. And I couldn't yeah. do it And that's where I just went Nope I'm done next And then gen, I tried Voyager And I yeah. went Nope I'm done Well funny thing is Next Gen kicks into gear In season 3 mm-hmm. And there's actually A turning point The show even looks We talked about this When we did season did. 3 It even looks different They right. changed their uniforms The style of photography Is different mm-hmm. It's like everything From season 3 onwards Changed Yeah you kind of get through season one and two because there's a lot of character building, there's a lot of this and so forth. But the series that everybody remembers, everybody loves Next Gen, is thinking of it from season three onwards. Right. That's what they're really thinking about. D Space Nine hit the ground really solid on the first episode, but it's not until the end of season two that it really becomes the series that it had. And you to go, end. oh shit, it's about to hit the fan. And yeah, and yeah. That, 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 I mean, I was actually at a Star Trek convention, and back then, this has gone back many, many years, we didn't have a lot of conventions. Yeah. And this was a special one that came over from the States, and they, there was, it was science fiction in general, but this was the year, to give you an idea, they showed the pilot episode of things like Sequest and stuff like that. Because uh, it was I like recently wa- yeah. rewatched yeah. actually all of Sequest. Because yeah. that, you know that, that was this period of time. <laughs> yeah. And they came over and said, we have something special. 
we have the season two um, finale right. of Deep Space Nine. Do you want to see it? And you've never heard 600 Trekkies in a room all just scream out, <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> do this. Because this is Australia. We barely had yeah. season one. Yeah. And so they played it on a big screen, and we all watched that season finale. The I think it's called um, the Jem'Hadar. With the Jem'Hadar. Yeah. With, the, with the Jem'Hadar's first arrival. And you've never seen Trekkies lose their shit. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it would have been crazy. <laughs> I think there's something crazy about, um like, having watched the next gen first. Cause I think if I'd watched all of D space nine, I don't know how I would have felt about. No, I agree. Gen. I think, I think. Well, next gen and just, you well. know, do you reckon, like, do you recommend that instead of starting D space, D, uh, D space nine, I just go straight to season, try season three no. onwards again, or just, no, I'd, 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 I'd actually in, in retrospect for the next gen, I'd just maybe find a list somewhere, the best 20 episodes and just watch those. We it. could make you a twenty. <laughs> we can do it. Yeah, a, there, you can make an episode of twenty if, um, yeah. unless unless you watch one and you really like all the characters a lot. What I would like, say is watch those twenty episodes, and if you're not hooked to go back and watch the rest of them, yeah. Because I like I said, I've tried you. half a season of it, and <clears> I we'll couldn't. I couldn't do it, and that's while playing games. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I wasn't just that trying was to sit down season. and watch it. Yeah, season one, season one and two are hard work. Yeah, season yeah. one because it was a first season. And season two, they were hamstrung because of a writer strike. So See, basically, I, season two should have been where yeah. it took off, and it didn't. Because I give things half a season because a lot of things that sometimes some great things are a slow burn at the start. Mm. They've got to set so Buffy. much up. Buffy, Agents of Shield. Yeah, uh, but there's a heap. You there's do a, a whole episode. On there's that. a heap of anime in the same bucket kind of thing. Um, Steins Gate, the, mm. which is pretty recent, is one of my favorites, and that's a. It doesn't get going for the first till. Episode eight, yeah, mm. or something like that, and it's just, and I, that's why I give something. I'll give everything half a season at mm. least, mm. just to see if it builds up to yeah. something. But like, I um, I love the next gen still. Like looking back on it, I love it. But like, um, to me, the real trek is starting to feel like D Space Nine, and I think like I'm about halfway through the whole of D Space Nine, I guess. Mm. Thereabouts, like, yeah, thereabouts, and it's like I think I can make a call at this stage that I like D Space Nine better than next gen. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 And that, that's that's just the thing is because like as much as I love the next gen, it's like so, I feel like I'm saying something by saying that Deep Space Nine is better. It is like it, it's it's not me. It's <laughs> not me. God. Yeah, no, I, no. He's just agreeing with me. It's like, it's like that. Like because the thing is like when you say something's good, it's like, like I'm not trying to say the next gen's crap. Like I'm just saying the next gen's good, but this is better. Yeah. It you takes know, it like, to a different that's level. That's how good Deep Space Nine is. It takes it to is. a different yeah. level. And as you get further into Deep Space Nine... it's all the same writers. You're yeah, going to get introduced. Gen, you know, like, Worf is going to come into it. And it's all and, part of the same you know, universe. There's a lot of stuff like, coming. coming. There's, there's something about Trek that is always like, who's better? What's better? Nah. Don't worry. Don't, like, don't, don't fall don't into worry that sort of shit. Just enjoy. I mean, I love Star Trek. And I watched all of Enterprise. I watched all of Next Gen. I watched all of Voyager. I love Star Trek. And it's like, I don't care which one you think is better. They're all good stories. I just like sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the, Star Trek is good classic sci-fi, yeah. you know? It's, it's got and, good stories. But that's stories. the thing. I've wanted to like it, but I just mm. couldn't get into mm. what everyone was saying. Like, oh, next gen's where it's at. And I'm like, really? Is it? I'd say, I, yeah, I I'd, say, it. I'd say if you're really interested, like go for season three, start from season three. I would too, yeah. Yeah, and then and then if, if you're diehard about it, like after the third season, then go and watch one and two later on. See yeah. what, I, what I'll, yeah. I'll get. There's not that much in, in continuity. There's a, I'll, there's get, I'll get season three of JD. A, yeah, I'll do a quick a pre uh, read through uh, Wikipedia of major points that I might need to know, and then I'll just go from there. What you really want to read up on, I think the only thing that's really important is read up a little bit about Tasha Yar. And Q. Mm. And I Q, know yeah. Tasha Yar and Q. I, I've seen some bits of Q already. Yeah. I, I know and maybe watch Measure of, the, of a Man. 
Well, you can go back and watch that later. You, got, you guys can give Zuby yeah, a list. Yeah, yeah we'll give you a list. That's <laughs> we have point. to move on, though, because it's we already do. been an hour and 20 minutes. Wait, we can put minutes. it at a point here, and we're back. Yeah, they didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> but we should also talk, and we'll make this kind of brief, we should talk a little bit about Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, which is our companion here. It sounds a little bit like this. Once again, a very different theme. So they they were really messing with the theme at this point. So I love this music though. Oh, it's, no, it's what's a fat, Cliff? Is it something? Cliff, Cliff Edel, Edelman. Edel, Edelman. Edelman. Yeah. yeah, it's a great theme. And I mean, he also excelled himself. We should actually stop that. He excelled himself with the Rural Pente, Pente theme, which is what's the line, John? Welcome to the goulash, Rurapente. <laughs> the goulash? Isn't that what you eat? <laughs> <laughs> he says goulag, but it's, the way he says it, it sounds like goulag. The goulash. John. There is no guard tower. No electronic frontier. <laughs> Only a magnetic field prevents beaming. John, do you remember the, the recorded Kirk message that they play in in the trial? Yeah, it's two different. It's, he says two different things. What does he say? Do you remember? Um, I, I've never trusted Klingons. I can never forgive them for the death of my son. Yeah, something like that. No, it's not something like that. It is that. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, a little bit, a little bit, a very quick back history yeah. on me with Star Trek Six. When I was in primary school, I was in Year Six or something. It was on TV one night. I'd oh, never that's watched. Depressing. I'd never watched Star. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never. The only Star Trek I'd watched before that was The Best of Both Worlds. Right, about eighteen months earlier, mm-hmm. and it came on the telly one Friday night. I got through two thirds of it. And I fell asleep because you know. Young child falling yep. asleep, mm-hmm. and then I bought it on VHS X Rental about a week later, and I've watched that movie. That was that was my intro to being a Trekkie, and then it all started from there. So I've watched this movie so many hundreds of times. Only Nixon can go to China. <laughs> They're not Vulcan proverb. Um, no, I've watched this movie so many times, and it was my intro to the original series crew. And it yeah, it started my love of Star Trek when I was eleven years old. Dave, damn, I can't top that. Let me I tell- fucking loved. This I movie. love this film. Yeah, um, Which for some reason, one I'd always. It's one you haven't seen. It's the final one for the original. The final cover. original cast. Oh yeah. yeah, no, I didn't see it. Yeah, unless you kind of count the beginning of no, we don't. Next, no. Yeah, generations, but you don't. Yeah, this um, is their final adventure as a full crew. Yeah, yeah. as a full crew. Yeah, um, this is just and Nicholas Myers come back to do this, and it, it really feels like a swan song. Yes, and, basically, um, basically, it's, it's it, I, in many ways. I think it's the tightest of all of the movies. It's, it's a close. solid film. Yeah. It's a very good film. It's a yeah. solid film. It, this is it's a, the perfect balance of adventure and fun and, and yes. sci-fi and and everything that makes Trek Trek exploring the human condition yeah. through aliens. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, there's an assassination and yet, plot, and yet that's, being you know, completely in line with current day. Uh, events, yep. turning them into something that's Star Trek related. I mean, you could take you take Star Trek Six and you look at it in in context of the Cold War, and you look at it in context mm. of the Russian American relationship and well, everything. Well, Gorkon was absolutely analogous with Mikhail Gorbachev. Absolutely, and, and that's no secret. And that's what made that's what makes Star Trek clever. When you actually go back and look at any Star Trek episode, they take real world events and then they just put it into a mm. sci fi arena. As I say, with uh, Deep Space Nine, it's it's very much. Holocaust, uh, yeah. the basis the, of it. That's is, the point we make 
Man, the wilderness. All yeah, time. it's it's the basis. And one of the best episodes of next of, of Deep Space Nine is a two-handed episode between Kira Narese and a Cardassian mm-hmm. general who they have captured for war crimes. Right. And it's oh. just the two of them talking. Yeah. And that episode is so powerful because yeah. it's all about the atrocities that they actually did and his confession, basically. And and this is when Trek excels itself. Mm. The the uh, Everything from this, from the relationship that Kirk has with Klingons and the fact that he has to overcome yeah. a bigotry. His own prejudice. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah. not un- undeserved. Sure. From his perspective. Yeah, absolutely. They were his enemies for so many years and then a Klingon killed his son, i.e. Christopher Lloyd, killed his own yeah. son. Klingon bastard. You killed, killed my son. Killed son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but no, um, funny, funny trivia point you may or may not know. The the Vulcan character of Valeris, as played by Kim Cattrall, was originally scripted to be Savick. Yeah, of yes, I remember reading that. And yeah, then um, they they scrapped that because they didn't think fans would want to see Savick turn evil. Yeah. yeah, no, I remember that. That I tell you what, that mind rape scene where he takes her with, oh, with oh, the yeah. mind meld at the end—that is some intense stuff. Where there's, he, a, there's actually a lot of intense stuff in that movie. Hey, yeah. yeah. What about like the rampage through the? Is it the Enterprise? I can't remember at this point where they just start mowing down everybody. Like, no, uh, it's when the two the yeah. two officers go. The two on officers board. come out. They go to the Klingon ship and just start yeah, yeah, and the Klingon ship, yeah, the, in the zero grav suit. Yeah, yeah, they've, yeah they've got yeah. the boots and the Klingons are like floating. that's pretty intense. Still, a, like, the assassination like, attempt. Yeah, yeah. Well, the assassination. The assassination. Well, well yeah. yeah, And then at the end, when they're running through the Kittimut Peace Accords, trying to save um, the Federation president mm. from being shot by Odo. Yeah. What is it? What is Odo says? Quite frankly, we can clean their clocks. Yeah, <laughs> we can clean their chronometers. <laughs> um, and that that whole thing where they were like, where he was firing from the bird of prey, like, mm. as it was invisible. Well, Christopher Plummer as a Klingon is quoting Shakespeare. Yeah, while they're trying oh. to track it, that is some intense. You've never okay. heard Shakespeare until yeah. you heard it in the original Klingon. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of, was you know that, that dinner scene. You know, well, that's yeah. 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 I'm, I'm going home to watch um, Man, Undiscovered Country. has got some great stuff in it. And it is it is the finale, really, is yeah. the finale oh, yeah. to the original crew, to the point where they actually all sign all off on the, the screen. Yeah, oh, during, right. so, during that music that we were playing, or that Dave was playing yeah. earlier, that's yeah. all the cast oh, sign off across the screen. So oh, it's right. like they're all putting their signatures yeah. down. It's, it's wonderful. It's you almost wish there'd not been any connective tissue between that and the next gen. You, you kind of just... needed it, though. It's like, they, no, they... no, 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 I don't, I don't mean the signature stuff. I, I mean the like the opening of Generations. And... That's what I'm saying. You kind of needed it. They actually described it in a, a documentary I saw where they said it was the handing of the torch. Yeah. Even though they had seven years with the TV. So. Yeah, but TV yeah. is different to film. This is and true. This, is the, this, was their, yeah. this was them basically saying... We were the old guard. You're yeah. the new guard. Take it. You know. Do you know if there was ever talk about the D Space Nine crew doing a film? There was yeah. lots of talk. There was, but once you yeah. get to the last episode, you'll understand why they didn't. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. So there was always lots of talk about that. There was also talk about why didn't the Voyager crew move into films? Because they were shit. But once again, <laughs> well, once again, I'm still once watching you, Voyager. Once you right. reach the end of Voyager, you kind of know why there's not a. There's film. not much else you can do because it's it's done. Yeah. You know, story's finished. Yeah, and so you kind of go, okay, but this. The Next Generation and Star Trek, the original Star Trek, yeah. the original series, were ongoing journeys. And because mm. they were ongoing journeys, you could continue. It's easy to put movies in, yeah. etc. Yeah. God, they really dropped the ball on Trek, didn't they, though? Oh, like, they didn't they drop the ball. Really they oversaturated it. They oversaturated it, and like then, and then yeah. Enterprise tanked. Yeah. And that was the biggest problem, was that they could not get the ratings up on it. Yeah. They, and they refused to accept that... 
the biggest issue with Enterprise, and I know this sounds incredibly trivial, but the biggest issue with Enterprise was, was fans couldn't get past the theme song. Yeah, right. They couldn't get from episode one, yeah. and and your immediate thought after, is after season three where they try and it changes slightly. It changes it's slightly. still the same song, but you get a little bit of a. It's a little bit more to it, but <laughs> but it was weird because you thought my first thought was as soon as season two starts, they'll change the theme because they have to. They didn't, but they, they didn't. didn't, and they just kept it going. And, yeah. and the thing is, Enterprise got better. The theme song didn't, but the but the theme of the song didn't. <laughs> well, for sure, enough, better. But the problem is, is the, the fans had left they it. Sing, right? Yes, okay. yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like been a long, long road. <laughs> I thought so. Getting yeah. from there to here. Yeah. It's been a long time, <laughs> but my time is finally here. <laughs> but the funny thing is, uh, the show enough. itself oh. actually got better each season. And season two and th- season two in particular, oh, sorry, season three in is particular, yeah, is the one continuous episode. Yeah, it, it's it's where I came out to you in the lounge room at one point. And said, "Now get track. Why don't they have Marines?" And <laughs> you just like he's like, "Wait." Yeah, <laughs> and I think it was like the next next episode. You're getting like two squads of Marines on board. I'm like, "Ah, oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Pulse because rifles, the next, the pistols. Next, this is great." The next, th- the next, all of season three is basically they get put on a special mission to go into this <laughs> area. That once they're there, they're not coming back. Uh, unless they succeed, and that's it. Each episode continues to the next episode. I need so to it's re-watch one it. one mm. continuous episode for twenty six seasons, twenty six episodes. I haven't rewatched and, and it since brilliant. that first time I've watched it. Mm. But the first time I watched it, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I was locked all the way through that season. And this is a show that I watched half of season one and said, "I'm done. Mm. Yeah, I'm not going to sit through this anymore." I came back and revisited after a friend of mine at Washington goes, "No, this is actually really good stuff. Get into it." So I sat through all of season one, and by the end of season one, I went. Okay, let's watch season two. And then I sat through all the season. And I went, I'm kind of getting hooked there. Yeah. And then season three kicks in, and you go, Holy shit! <laughs> the problem was though, by that point, they didn't have the luxury of waiting for a third season for everything to kick off because of the way that they'd lost the audience. They'd yeah. lost the audience, and mm. with the first couple of like the first couple of Trek spinoffs, they had that time to start yeah. building, and they mm. gave it to it. But in the in this in that sort of this was early 2000s, the age of instant gratification had rolled along, and on top of that. Star Trek uh, Nemesis mm. was shit. Yeah. Bombed big time. Yeah. So you had a TV series and a movie both not drawing an audience. So the conclusion of Paramount was Star, Star Trek's done. over. Yeah. And so it was just weird. done. And that was it. We're, we're finished. It's been, this year is 10 years since we've had a Star Trek TV series. Yep. And at wow. one point we had three. Yep. Do you think it should come back <laughs> in, a, in a TV series form? I yes do. and no. I actually think they should yeah. bring back a series, but in J.J. Abrams' world. The Excelsior. You should do it. Or the Excelsior, John Cho as the ca- as Sulu as the captain of the Excelsior. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, that'll work. Well, John, oh, I'm not saying will John Cho do TV. He's just been doing selfie. Of course, yeah. he'll do. And he, and he was on um, <laughs> he was on the he was on Sleepy Hollow as well. I was on Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, recently. he was in the first few episodes of that. Wow. So yeah. So I'm going to. What did you mean by yes and no? Yes, I would like to see it on TV. No, not in the way it used to be, where it t- took three years to build an audience. Oh, would you right, like to okay. see a new series yeah. continuing it, or would you like to see a reboot? If they're gonna, uh, if, and, and when I say reboot, I mean in the J.J. Abrams with a whole timey-wimey. Well, if they're doing it in the J.J. I would do it as a continuation. J.J. verse, I want to see John Cho as the captain of the Excelsior. Right. But if they're going to revisit the Prime universe, like the original universe, yep. give us 10 episodes of something. Netflix it. Netflix it. Give us 10 to 12 episodes of just, amazing. Just a um, Netflix run of it. Here, yeah. here it is, in and out. Because, yep. I mean... And, 10 to 12 episodes be done. Do a yeah. show... And uh, we talked about this. We did a spin-off um, tangent pod for The Wilderness once. Do a show set now. with like No, not now, but this far after. Right now would be very interesting. Well, that's right. <laughs> um, I was going to say, would you do it now? Would you do it some kind of side story of some other crew during the earlier series? I would do it... 
sort of 10, 15 years after the end of DS9 with Worf in command of a ship or something to that effect or Nog, get Aaron Eisenberg Nog, back as Nog yeah. as a captain. And for, so there's a tie to the Prime series. One of those two things. Either John Cho is the captain of the Excelsior in the JJ-verse or Captain Nog, because I guarantee you Aaron Eisenberg would be back because he has literally just recorded a heap of voiceover stuff to bring Nog to Star Trek Online. Fantastic. All right. With that, on that note, let's end Star Trek. Set <laughs> Paramount because well yeah because we are way over we're going to skip a bunch of this news I think <laughs> let's just go through this really fast and say Planet of the Apes uh, the new series of Planet of the Apes the newest one finally got a name are we surprised it was called no, it's no. called War of the Planet of the Apes I think yeah. you might I have think, actually said that during the, the review said, of I think we the actually Apes. said yeah. that when we walked out of the cinema of the last so one so disappointing like, I uh, want something crazy left field Roger Deakins uh, has been hired as a cinematographer for the this new Blade Runner nuts. movie. So it's going to look great. And it also confirms that it's actually happening. Yeah. So there you go. There's another piece of news for you. George Miller um, <laughs> has given us a name for the next uh, Mad Max film, even though the Mad Max has only been out for a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's already saying it's called Wasteland. So, uh, that sounds Ma- interesting. Mad Max Wasteland. So he's coming. And apparently, in this article, if you go to the playlist and follow our links, all the links for this stuff is up there. It's apparently, he actually did court Heath Ledger at one point to actually oh, right. play to play Max. Huh. Uh, in the review, I'll talk a little bit about my thoughts on that. <laughs> and of course, the first teaser trailer dropped for Steve Jobs. The 941. The planet's going to shift on its axis, nigh and forever. Two most significant events of the 20th century. The Allies win the war, and this. You can't write code. You are not an engineer. What do you do? The musicians play the instruments. I play the orchestra. I sat in a garage and invented the future. Because artists lead, and hacks ask for a show of hands. I love that you don't care how much money a person makes. You care what they make. But what you make isn't supposed to be the best part of you. You're the only one who sees the world the same way I do. No one sees the world the same way you do. All right, so that showed the whole movie that one. Yeah, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I normally don't watch trailers, and I thought, oh, I've read the book. <laughs> you know, so like, Quick question: I've seen this. Yeah. Yep. Jeff Daniels is in it. Are they tying that into Kevin Flynn as part of Tron? <laughs> 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 oh please! <laughs> Based on that Seth Rogen soundbite, I'm thinking that my dream's coming to reality. Which like, is? Oh my god, Steve! <laughs> you make the iPad, you're gonna be rich. <laughs> 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 All right, so. Where the hell are my show notes going? We still got show notes. Are we still on the show? Yeah, we're still on the Is show. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, we still are on the show here. All right, what else we got here? Um, I, uh, uh, oh, yes, Dave, I want to thank you very much. Oh, no worries. A couple of weeks yeah. ago, Dave Longo introduced me to a new album that is available on iTunes. And I'm going to just bring this up in the background here. John Carpenter, for those who are long-term listeners here, know that I'm a huge John Carpenter fan. I'm also a huge uh, fan of John Carpenter's music from his films. He scores most of his own films. He's been retired for a while, Mm. but he's recently just released this album called Lost Themes, which Dave texted out to, have you heard this? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I immediately went out and bought this album, and I just want to encourage all you geeks out there who like John Carpenter, go out and have a listen to this. This theme, you played... 
earlier, I'm pretty sure. And I heard it, I'm like, I just want to, I want a space opera now to this. Yeah, yeah, something, yeah. something Mass Effect like or something like that. Yeah. Something real good, deep, maybe a trilogy of games. Yeah. Let's have it. Let's, oh, let's, let's, let's take a moment. Yeah. yeah. It's just you sit there and listen to that, and you just go, "I can see that in the film. I can see that I, in the I film. Yeah. I can see that." It's in got the film. a very Snake Plissken feel to it. It does, doesn't it? And each track is actually very different to the next track. So you actually go, "Oh, I can see this in Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, I can yeah. see this in Assault on Precinct 13." And you just sit there and going, "Why wasn't this music used?" <laughs> <laughs> There's actually one track where you sit there and listen to it, and you go, "This sounds like it comes straight out of Prince of Darkness." Yeah. You know? um, so this album is on the link is in our show notes for the iTunes link. Please support John Carpenter. Do not torrent this. Go out and buy it. It's only 20 bucks or something like that. And support the man because there's some good stuff. And this album also has bonus tracks. Some remixes. Uh, which are remixes. Mm. Um, in fact, I've got one here. This is... Uh, so I was going to say, I, I, uh, listening to that one then as well, I just want this um, beat to come in later and then a bit of Daft Punk. Yeah. Yeah, we, get yeah, a, yeah, yeah. we get a bit more Neutron <laughs> Legacy or something going on. Have a, have a listen to this. This is actually... Um, John Carpenter's got a track on the album called Night. Uh, Zola, Jesus, and Dean Hurley did a remix of that. And then on the album, you get, I think he's done a total of, what is it? It's 12 tracks or eight tracks? It's like eight tracks. Eight think, tracks. Yeah. And then there's like another six of them have been remixed. So you actually get all wow. of this on the album when you buy it. And the remixes sound something like this. And the remixes actually range from vocals to wow. dubstep. That's it. I'm, I'm D in this album. Yeah. Like, this it, is is great. A, it is a great album. <laughs> I put it on when I'm working sometimes. It's just fantastic. Yeah. And I think, Dave, you summed it up when you said, take it into a dark room, put on yeah. headphones, <laughs> and just sit back and just, and just the whole thing absorb it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that um, is fantastic. That's is, how I did it, yeah, when I first got it. Yeah. yeah, it is a fantastic album. So it's John Carpenter's Lost Themes. It's available on iTunes. It is $20.99 Australian, so go out and buy it. It is well worth listening to. And they are not sponsors of the show. I am just saying, go out yeah, and buy it. Amazing. So it's nine tracks. Any film fan. I was going to say, I, I start playing yeah. Destiny next week, so I might just turn <laughs> all the sound off and buy that. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm going to do. Yeah. That's going to be your soundtrack to it. It's, uh, it's nine tracks of him, and then it is uh, five tracks of remixes. So uh, it's, it's good stuff. Well worth having a listen to. 15-track album is a rarity nowadays, so yeah. uh, go out and enjoy. All right, well, we have to move on. We are going to review Mad Max. We're going to actually make this a fairly short review by the look of it. <laughs> yeah. because we are at an hour and 45 minutes already. This was and how to be- long did you say you wanted this episode? An hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I lost control during the... It, it, took, it took us an hour to get past the intro. So. Yeah, I lost, I lost control some time ago. I'm giving up. All right, so as usual, we'll just start this off by saying Mad Max Fury Road, directed by George Miller and written by George Miller, Brendan McCarthy, and Nico Lathoris. It stars Tom Hardy, Charlize Theron, Nicholas Holt, and Hugh Keys Bryn. Bryn. Oh, he's based in that. Keys Bryn. Yeah. yeah. And Mini. Based other- is like the third. 
the third lead. Yeah, and and lots Nux. of people that you've never heard of. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and according to IMDb, a bunch of supermodels, a bunch of supermodels, <laughs> and all actually, uh, uh, the the ex Wonder Woman is in it as well. Oh uh, yeah, Blakey. yeah, Megan Gale. No, Megan Gale from uh, the unmade George Miller mm. Justice League Mortal. Briefly, oh, yeah. she's um, briefly. In she's briefly in it. Uh, I wouldn't be like, oh my like, god, I'm a massive Megan Gale fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why have I got no? Oh yeah, there it is. I've got it. It's okay. I thought my trailer had disappeared for a minute there. Uh, so according to IMDb, it says, in a stark desert landscape where humanity is broken, two rebels just might be able to restore order. Max, a man of action in a few words, and Furiosa, a woman of action. Aren't they both of action then? Uh, <laughs> who is looking to make it back to her childhood homeland. More than I knew going in. Yeah. Well, it tells us something. Here's a trailer. In this wasteland, I am the one who runs from both the living and the dead. A man reduced to a single instinct. Survive. it there because the rest of it is just sound effects so it's effectively water world in the desert is that <laughs> which was mad max on water <laughs> so john what did you think of the movie oh i thought it was great yeah yeah <laughs> I've, I've, I've been three or four times i haven't seen it no you just you just <laughs> you, watched you, it pretty now, much I mean, is, is that pretty it. much yeah. it? Yeah. that's pretty much the movie yeah you've seen it i that was a breakdown it. of the yeah. whole okay. story <laughs> let's, let's this go. is why we don't watch let's trailers. go yes. let's go around and i didn't even know what charlie's front looks like i'd seen all the trailers up to then let's start with John Hammond. What now did you I think? hadn't actually seen any trailer going into this. Okay. I made. I actually purposely did man. not see yeah. any. Yeah. But I had recently rewatched all of Mad Max going mm. into it, so I thought, yeah, I'm actually, I was really looking forward to it. I loved it, honestly. Okay. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> so same here. I, Short I, and sweet. So far, it's it's well, Ex Machina is my movie of the year. I think this oh. is close second. Yeah. Um, this is just like for me. This was. Holy shit. <laughs> I've, yeah, seen it, I, I've seen it three times it's only been out for a week holy yeah. crap wow that's, I, that's, I do want to see it a second yeah. time I, my friends who are in Japan have said is it out and I said go see it in Japan and they're like no yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like uh, they're like will it still be out when yeah, we get back yeah. and I'm like if it is I'll go see it with you again yeah, yeah. how, how long do they yeah. wait for oh, I think they come back in a week and a half it'll Ooh, still be on yeah. maybe I'm it'll still, still be on again, yeah. um, I, I think I should go and see it I think you should go see it I'm actually going to be 
the slight voice of dissent. Oh, <laughs> not, not not a huge voice of dissent, but a slight voice of dissent. I actually quite liked it. I thought it was the 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 on the plus side of the scale. I thought it was magnificent looking. Yeah, uh, this is one of the finest looking films of the year. I mean, mm. it is gorgeous, as you said. John Seal, who is one of Australia's finest cinematographers, and for those who are outside of Australia, he shot Witness, Mosquito Coast, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Dead Poet Society. The man is a genius yeah. behind the camera, and he came out of retirement. He came out of retirement yeah. for this film, and I mean, I think only George Miller could have got him to come out of retirement mm. for this and spend, you know several months in Namibia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, the film looks magnificent from first frame yeah, to last it's, frame. Yeah, it's an absolute spectacle on yeah. screen. It looks beautiful. Also on the plus column, the car stuff is insanity. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. is just... this. It really is next level action. Like, George they're not, Miller they're just, not joking. George yeah. Miller yeah. just basically like, said to the, all the people who make Fast and the Furious films, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <All> <laughs> basically, basically, all... Because all by now, like, everyone's heard the hype if you haven't gone to see yeah. it. Like, it's true. The hype's real. Like in this case, it's legitimate. Like, yeah. Like you're going to go in there expecting insane car stunts. And you're going to get it. And you're going to get it within five minutes. And then you're going to be like, are they going to top this shit? And, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then they top it. And the thing that the thing to remember is over and you got to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing to remember is that, yes, there'll be digital enhancements because there always are to make things look. But on the most part, this is practical. Yeah, I so saw, much was practical um, effects, yeah. which so makes much. it so good. It is yeah. so the, the impacts yeah. are I saw, real. Um, you know, I saw an interview with George Miller. He said eighty-five percent of the movie is practical. Yeah, I mean, he's going to put in a lot of digital enhancements yeah. just and for safety's sake. He said, he said, yeah. he said most of the CG is not like what you'd think, like CG cars. It's it's like um, it's, the body, it's the bodies flying away, moving as well. cables, yeah. Yeah. like. Uh, Charlie's Ferron's arm is yeah. CGI'd out. It, it's yeah. taking out yeah. a lot of the safety equipment that's yeah. there to keep the people safe. Yeah. And yeah. cameras in the background. Yeah. 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 And he said because of the how crazy they did it, they had to shoot it in order. Yeah. Because the, yeah. the cars Because the cars weren't going to be yeah. right. Yeah, to yeah exactly. Yeah. I think he actually he, <laughs> yeah. I think he shot all the Mad Max films like that. He has mm. to. Has to um yeah. it and is, that there's it this, is there's this there's this incredible jackknifing of a truck. Oh yeah. And that's all real. Yeah. 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 So with all those things in the plus column, the from uh, and, and the soundtrack is phenomenal. Yeah, you hear yeah. it in the trailer. It's one of the few trailers that actually uses the film's actual yeah, score. Yeah, I have a real um, gripe against trailers where the song isn't actually in the Well, yeah. and I understand that. <laughs> this trailer has it is a pet peeve of mine. Guardians of the Galaxy, the Spirit in the Sky. Yeah, there, was a, there was a whole year almost where everyone was using um, Invaders Must Die. Yeah, mm. and it was not in any well, of the movies. I do let the dogs out. I do. <laughs> I do understand that though, because they are making trailers long before sometimes the score is even yeah, written. Yeah. And there's actually an entire industry made up of people who make yeah. trailers. trailers yeah. Listen to yeah. uh, um, what's that? Com- what's it? there's actually a music company in America. Uh, uh, yeah, Gates yeah. of Hell or two, two something. Yeah, whatever it is. But they, I mean, and they release albums of their music, which is just quite simply trailer music. Yeah. That's all they make, right? Uh, uh, it's, it's, more, it's more the licensed music that I get annoyed yeah. at that doesn't end up in the movies and stuff. Mm. So when you yeah. see something like this and you actually hear the actual music from the film and you go, wow, that's and it's fantastic. Mm. I had a, I had issues. Even that I had, classical I had, music. I had like issues the, with yeah. the guitar player. I thought he was a bit silly. But <laughs> oh, did you really? Yeah, I thought the guitar yeah, player no. was actually a I love that. <laughs> I love the drummers. Yeah, I love yeah, the drummers. Yeah, yeah. The, the drummers were fantastic. Yeah, but see, again, yeah. no idea that was coming. All I all I saw because I saw that in the trailer, yeah. the guitar player. I yeah. had no idea. I know nothing about it. It's going like first. I see like the back of this truck with six drummers on separate drums, <laughs> and it's like. 
I'm just watching John Dee's like, face while we talk. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's so cool, drummers. That's of course. And then it moves around. Yeah. And there's a fucking mutant <laughs> with a guitar hung up like by a flamethrower. Flame yeah, yeah, and, and I saw this amazing interview of George Miller because I've done nothing but listen to George Miller talk about this movie. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and the interview was like, oh, the doof guitarist. That's so amazing. Like, what's the story there? And, and very calmly, very like just absolutely 100% seriously, he's like, well, music was the first form of communication mm. and the military needed music in order to communicate across their troops. Usually it would be a trumpet, <laughs> but we thought a uh, trumpet wouldn't be realistic here because there was no way you'd hear it over the noise of the of the carnage. So what would be the next step? Well, I guess a guitarist on a bunch of um, <laughs> uh, 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 amplifiers. And it's like even this nutcase this thing is completely 100% What's really out. interesting like, is it, that... George Miller in an interview I read, and actually with an interview with the guy who plays the guitarist mm-hmm. as well, who said that yes, he was really on the truck. It was yeah. it wasn't yeah. fake. This is real. Um, and he said the guitar worked. He said it didn't sound as good as it does in the film, <laughs> but it did it did make noise and everything else. Yeah. But they actually had backstory for him for that yeah. character. Wow. They knew everything about yeah. that character. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this film took so long to make Man. because this film you have to remember was in development for fifteen years. Yeah. That every time it had a false start, they would go yeah. back and write more and write more. No, write supposedly more. it's never it's never really changed. No, no, no. I wrote more yeah. about backstory. Oh, they actually yeah, backstory. Yeah, yeah. By the yeah. time this film has been made, they have yeah. backstories on every character yeah. in the film. They yeah. know every everything about every yeah, person, everything. every car, yeah, yeah. every town. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so what, yeah. what are you saying is wrong with it then? <laughs> my yeah. biggest story is not, <laughs> my biggest problem. My biggest problem is that not all of that reflects on screen, unfortunately, because my biggest issue with this film was that I came away at the end of it. When the film finished, I came away going, huh, I didn't actually have an emotional connection to anything in this film. I didn't feel stakes in this film. And and for all the carnage that there is going on, you never feel that they're going to lose. You never feel that there's ever peril with these people because it's Max and they're going to survive yeah, and they're going to get I, through I it. I disagree. I, I didn't, I didn't know who would survive at all. And I don't want to spoil it. I don't think mm. we, I don't think we should spoil the movie, but yeah, I'm but, not going to spoil it. I'm but just, like Max, you know, is going to live like yeah. Max, yeah. knew, but that, but George Miller smartly doesn't make Max the lead of this movie. He doesn't. And that's and actually that's causing a my lot of flack, second actually. issue with the film. Yeah. That's quite a lot. And it's all horseshit in my opinion. My, yeah. my really? second issue yeah. with the film is not even that he's not in it that much or that he's not the lead. He is. He's in every scene. He's, he's in, in every, every scene. scene. He just doesn't do anything. But <laughs> my biggest issue with that is I actually didn't like Tom Hardy. I didn't connect with him as yeah. Max. I yeah. disagree. And, yeah. and I didn't, I mean, there was something about, there's just something that felt off about the character. And maybe it's because we have three films of Gibson. We have this very charismatic, yeah. very charismatic Max mm. that we're coming from, that we have yeah. followed. And I don't even mind recasting, but we recast to a very different character. And it didn't fit well. It did, it's like the piece didn't fit quite yeah. right for me. And I, just, I, and I think that's my problem is that I enjoyed the film and I enjoyed watching the film but at the end of it it's kind of like popcorn. At the end you kind of go there's nothing left behind mm-hmm. except for the fact that it was really pretty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know because like, the thing is I, it's never really about Max. It's not, Max is just there. Max He's, is there but it's not he, Max's all, story. No, it's not. Exactly. Yeah. All, all Max wants is just to get the fuck out. Then yeah. don't call that's it, it Mad Max. No, but it is Mad Max because Mad 
Mad Max is more than just about Mad Max. Mad Max is Max. Mac Rockets, Max Rockets. Max Rockets, Rockets yeah, but I think I don't know. I think this he movie is I Max. thought I thought this was like I thought they had a lot there actually. Yeah. I just, so to me this whole thing is like how much story can we tell economically through one chase, right? Yeah. Like without Yeah. Need, and, but that was and so effectively you, you get that everything is you effectively need what from, you just described yeah. with Mad Max 2 though. Yeah. And Mad yeah. Max 2 actually managed to build a story and Mad Max 2 actually managed to make you actually care mm. about the characters to the point where they actually felt like jeopardy and they yeah, actually felt enough. like that you actually were invested in these people. Yeah. You never felt invested in any of these people. I didn't give a yeah, fuck about see, the supermodels yeah. in the backseat. Yeah, see, that's, that's yeah. the difference because you know? I was 100% invested. Yeah. Even, even on the third one, I was 100% in on this story. Like, like I really gravitated to that this idea of like um, Imperial, <laughs> even saying her name is like... <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> Imperator Furiosa. That's her name, you know. Like, um, yeah, and just like I was really into her storyline and like yeah. her plight, and I thought it was all revealed really well. And and every character had a, an arc inside of the story. See, and, I, I, and see, because yeah. to me the story is very very simple. Like it's all yeah. it's all subtextual. It's not on the on I the surface the level. Car- it's like. It, what's so transgressive and amazing about this movie is like the the most. Macho masculine action movie made pretty much like it is like the peak of action machismo cinema, not about a man, and is a like extremely pro feminist. Yeah, and it's like it's and it's, that, it's, it's for that stunning. reason it's co- it's copping a lot. And it's such crap from that, for that reason. And it is it is absolutely crap. But, yeah, you know? yeah. Like and, I will, and I will agree with you that yeah. the most interesting character yeah. in the entire film is Furiosa. Yeah. Definitely. She's I mean, Furiosa's movie. Yeah, it, it is. is. Like, that's what I say. Max is just there yeah. for yeah. her story. Yeah, they should have called the called film called, Furiosa. They, well, that's what they should have called it. Instead of Fury Road, they should have called it Mad Max Furiosa. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you know, um, but like, I, I, I still think you see the world through Max's viewpoint. I, I still think you do. Like, well, and maybe, but the problem is I couldn't, Max connect, I couldn't connect with though. Max. Max does have you know? an arc. Max, Max's arc is like, I want this fucking thing off my face. <laughs> That's not <laughs> a character. <laughs> That's not a character. <laughs> I was That's probably not- being, I was just joking. Like, like, that like, is no, not a character. No, I, 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 that popped in my mind. I could not say it, right? <laughs> no, but, but Max's arc in this, in this movie is like that... Um, when we see him, he's been lost in the desert as a madman for ages, right? Like, what Max needs to learn over the movie is that he can't exist on his own in the desert. He's just going to be this bearded fucking nutcase without any human connection. And over the movie, he learns to, like, assimilate into a society. That's his arc. But he didn't assimilate. He left. No, but he... No, but... <laughs> he didn't He didn't leave into the desert. He, he just well, no, folded that, back in the background. Ah, it's, it's see, that's, a that, different, that's a different interpretation of the ending then. Yeah. Yeah. My interpretation of the ending is he got her back and then he left. That was it. He was done. That was it. Because this is kind of follows on suit with all the other Mad Max yeah, I, he, I just wandered, he just wanders yeah. off back into the desert. For me, at the end yeah, of this he, one, but, he wanders but no, off. Yeah, but yeah, no, for me, he definitely wanders off. Because that, yeah, that no, does no. match with every other yeah, one that's absolutely. happened yeah, so but, far. But, but, but where, where I think I'm... He can't I'm, deal with society. That's the yeah, problem. But no, 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 I don't think so at all. I think where I'm getting misread here is I, I'm trying to say that he, he leaves that society changed at the end. 
I don't think because he I, starts I the movie. He starts the movie. Well, we've we just spoiled the movie. So spo- <laughs> spoilers for everybody. Uh, no, like can um, you really spoil spoilers? This movie? Mad Max lives. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. surprising. Yeah, and he's yeah. still in a desert. Yeah. This is a movie. Where, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, still yeah. the post-apocalyptic. It's still world. a post-apocalyptic. So they don't no, go back no, and like, change time and restore the world. <laughs> no, no, and they well, don't flood it either. Well, I'm out. Get fucked. He doesn't get to the the edge of the island, and then Kevin Costner comes in. Like, like, like as, as as superficial as the movie does feel, it, George Miller never spoon feeds you any information. He doesn't. He, he doesn't, doesn't give you any information. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. but that's, the, but, that's like, the, but that's what I'm saying. Is that's the. It's problem. like saying, oh, 2001. It's just like really beautiful. No, no, no. It's that, like that, it's like there's some there's some shit in there you can read. Like yeah, like but that's that, you that, know. But that's the mis- that's that's yeah. the the issue yeah. that I was saying. And, the and, problem yeah. I have, but for- I, I'm still trying to get to my point. Like <laughs> like like my point is that. Visually, he opens the movie bearded, out of his mind, incapable of speech, a prisoner, and then he's freed at the end. You know, like th- there is a clear change in his personality. Does he still have his beard? No, he's, <laughs> is he still a madman? He's still a madman. He's Good. a blood bag for like a half of the movie. You know, like <laughs> he's like literally, he's, quite literally, a blood basically bag. he ends the film. Without the beard and short hair, yeah. but still pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. still yeah. quite mad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, but he's good because it's still going to be called Mad Max. So, yeah. you know. no, I mean, like, th- like th- this movie is very clear. It's very simple in in its story. It's like for the first half of it, and we're in full blown spoilers now. Like for the first half of it, it's like they're going to one direction. They get to this place, and over that over that first half of the movie, Max is mad. He's insane. You know, he doesn't trust Furiosa. Furiosa doesn't trust him. By the midpoint. They're together. They're not in a relationship or anything, but they're in to such a point where it's like, we're going to go back. Mm. We're going to bring it back. Then they, they mirror it back. They journey back. And he journeys back as a different person. Like, he really does. He's no longer self-centered and self-interested at that point. He's given the choice to drive away on the motorcycle off, off by himself. But the weird little ghost girl chooses. tells him to go back. <laughs> Max! 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 Yeah, because he's but really sane yeah. at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 so, yeah. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know. He it, like... I, I didn't watch the movie with the impression that he was like <laughs> like off his off his fucking well, he wait he's beginning. not <laughs> you're not selling you know this movie you know what it is it's in the John, previous three like, Mad Max films he wasn't insane no he's never been he's insane. never been never, insane. He was no, never crazy no. he was mad he was angry but he was never crazy yeah and. I think that the, the jarring continuity. the jarring concept is that we immediately come into this film and he's a fucking loony bin. At the start of this one, yeah, he's he's completely unhinged. And you go, yeah. and you go, boy, we really kind of take it literally. <laughs> <laughs> and then throughout the film, at one point we're going to go, what's this? He go, mother's milk splashes on his face. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, as I said, I did, we got to be very clear. I didn't hate this movie. I just think the problem I had with this film was that it didn't touch me. It didn't right. move me. And I'm not looking for deep meaning here. I'm not looking. I, just, <laughs> I was going to say, because I think you're in the wrong movie. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm stuck on. Where it's like it's such a simple story. It's yeah. like what more can you want? Yeah. Like, like, you know, it's literally Act One. Do you know what chase it is? Scene. You know, like, like yeah. it's like, where did you go wrong? What Dave? I what I what I wanted was to care. 
Because yeah, if you don't okay, care, yeah. there's yeah. no stake. Yeah. And that's that's the bottom line. Is if you don't care about it, then what are you watching it for? I, I still cared. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I still cared. I didn't, I didn't yeah. care because I didn't really care about Max because he was just a nut. Because <laughs> he wasn't <laughs> milking. But you didn't care about Furiosa? I did care to a degree about her. I thought she was the most interesting thing, but I didn't. Connect, connect with, with her. There's nothing right. to connect with. That's the problem. It's a very one-note film in the sense of of what its story is. You're right. It's a very simple story. I, I disagree. Drive out, I disagree. drive back. So you know, violently. That's, yeah. Like, but, what, like, what about when Furious is in the desert and in the Volvolani and like all of the the backstory there about like um, you know, where she came from and what what she's trying to find. So she goes out there and finds out it's not there. So she turns back. No, but don't they establish there that she was taken and stolen and and forced into this thing here. Yeah, and that's all, what and, I took from. Yeah, and yeah. There's, yeah. there's all this feminist yeah, we, like back, backstory and subtext. We get a lot of that, but the problem is that we like are the, now the males, 40 minutes into a film. No, it's not even then. It's <laughs> not even then. You, you piece it together right from the beginning when all when when you see the jail cells and it's all like, we are not things. And, you yeah. know, and then there's all the men drinking the mother's milk for themselves and then they're like literally breastfeeding the town with water. I'm, just, I'm watching again. Yeah. I'm just watching JD's yeah. face when we're talking yeah. about this. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Look, what? Like, <laughs> like, JD, there's, there's, there's this whole running thing of mother nature in the movie, right? And, how Mother Nature is represented is a bunch of men in a giant citadel, you know, where there's like literally free teats that pour out water onto all of the slaves, you know, and <laughs> and they keep Mother Nature is is held captive by this society of men, and basically there's like seven beautiful supermodel wives who are owned by what's his name, um, Imperator Joe, Immortan Joe, Immortan Joe, Immortan Joe. yeah, and um and Immortan Joe keeps all these wives for himself, and Charlie Theron steals all the wives. To free them. Except to, the old to, beady with the shotgun. Yeah, 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 she's too old. She's, she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about me? Okay, I'll sell it to John in, in one line of dialogue from the movie, right? Here we go. Yeah, what is it? You're just a schmeg that eats schmegger. Sold. What about the fight scene with Furiosa and Max? Like when Max is chained with. As I said, like, the action, uh, the action's not the problem. Yeah, you don't have a problem no, with the action. I haven't got a you just problem with not the action. Yeah. I just yeah. don't think I didn't have any sort of. I know. Yeah. I guess I, guess I connected because it's like to me, it's like it's the story of a, a warrior who's trying to it's, save you know her it people. It's a collection of amazing set pieces with not a lot to gel it together. It's just. A I bunch. see. I can see where both of you yeah. are coming from. It's yeah. just yeah. a so, lot yeah. of set yeah. pieces, you know. And the set pieces are amazing. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I mean, oh, God, yeah. George Miller knows how to shoot cars, and he knows how to shoot <laughs> destruction, and yeah. he knows yeah. how to shoot yeah. carnage, and he knows. And I've, and this is actually a point that I think is is relevant. Is one of the issues that that the film has, I think, as a general rule, is that when Mad Max came out of the original Max. Mad Max 2, even Mad Max 3, when they came out, it was they were unique. They were something mm. that we weren't making. It was yeah. something, it created this incredible vision of a post-apocalyptic world, which then everybody copied. And for two decades, we had nothing but post-apocalyptic worlds, <laughs> including Waterworld. Did it not set the standard? <laughs> and it Kevin Costner was... Look at it, it's paper. Have you seen paper? <laughs> Kevin Costner was mad the whole time. Started mad, ended mad. When we come into Mad Max Fury Road, and this is the controversial part, I mean, I don't mean this to be controversial, but it actually looks like an imitation of a Mad Max film. 
because it's coming at a point where it's no longer a unique vision of the future. We've seen it. We've seen the big tanker truck with the spikes out the side. We've seen the mutants in the desert. We've seen mm. the humongous. We've seen Cirque du Soleil pole vaulting between cars. Cirque du Soleil. I'm not talking about the action. I'm talking about the design yeah. of the film. Yeah. So You've yeah. effectively so, seen all that in a Resident Evil film. Pretty much. Mm. And that's the thing. When we look at it, we go... So it's not it's not delivering in the sense of something you've never seen before. Yeah, it, no, it's, it's so, no longer it, yeah. something so alien environment. Yeah. To no, you. because you've, we've it's seen been that. so oversaturated. So what yeah. they do is they actually create it. They create a new look for it. They give it a new cinematography style, and it looks beautiful. Don't get me mm. wrong, but it's not world changing. Yeah. When we look at Mad Max one, two, and three, mm. even though Mad Max three is not a great film, it is it is cinema changing yeah. in the sense that we look at that and we go wow that is just unique mm. yeah. that is a vision of what the future could be mm. Mad Max 3 or Mad Max uh, future, uh, sorry, Fury Road is not a new vision we've seen the vision before now what we need to do is do something different with it yeah I don't know if I agree man you know and no. it's like and what we have is we do amazing car stuff and now in this day and age mm. kind of with Mad Max Fury Road in my opinion the 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 trend-setting thing about this film is not its vision of the future because we've kind of done that. It is how we make a, how we make films mm, because yeah. we are living in an age where this film, Diamond doesn't, we can make this film for half the cost mm. at half the time and CG everything. But George, that's not good enough for George Miller. No, George no, Miller no. wants to put us out in the real desert mm. with real cars yep. and smash the crap out of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And that he does with aplomb. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's and, also, and, it's like, it, it, and that's what makes it, this it, film so amazing yeah, as well because you're looking at this I don't real because like, my view of the film isn't how you're kind of describing it like I, I don't want to give off the impression that I think it's just like tiny bit of story and then nothing but action like it, the the story's told through the action like to the point where you don't see any of these women until they come out of the the, the tanker in hmm. the middle of the action it's all all told through the action. I think all the backstory is communicated through the action. That's why I think it's setting the world on fire is because it's showing you what cinema can do with action. And it's it's showing people what they're not getting, what they could be getting. Hmm. See, you and know, that's like, where I disagree. Because yeah. the concept, conceptually, I, I've read the articles with George Miller. I know mm. that's kind of what he was trying to do. And, I can, I, and the fact that it worked for you is great. Mm. It didn't quite work for me. It wasn't solid enough. It, in the sense of the storytelling wasn't mm. solid enough. It wasn't sold to me. What was sold to me was its visuals. Yeah. And and I mean, I will go see the film again mm. and I will actually own it on Blu-ray when it comes yeah. out because it looks yeah. Yeah. Looks and that's not like you're saying you hate it or anything. Like, no, 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 it's no. like it's like it's like um I just don't because, wanna I just don't want to get caught up in that I, um, machine where we sit and go, it's the yeah. best thing ever made. Yeah. No, no that's oh, I'm, I'm not it. saying it's yeah. the best thing ever made anyway. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that. I don't I, think it is nearly the best film ever. Like all all I all I'm trying to say is that the world's going crazy about it. Mm. It has it has become a phenomenon. It's become a phenomenon. But why? Mm. You know, there's got to be a reason why. Yeah. One of the reasons why, though, is that we have George Miller making a Mad Max film for the first time in 20 years. Yeah. But this is, is also coming from... That's a big factor. Yeah. And th- I'm surprised this movie wasn't kneecapped. And I think this movie would have been kneecapped if it was crap. If it was anything but amazing. Because, like, you look at how easily people turn. I mean, this time last year, people were saying this was going to be a disaster. Mm. And why is he returning to this and why? You know, it's like, well, the proof's there. Mm. In my yeah. I mean, I was very excited about this film. Yeah. I like, um, um, I, I, and I, I kind of like, I like how little Max is in it. I just want to start talking about things I liked about it because <laughs> it seems like we're wasting all this time just talking about the same one thing. Like, like, other things I liked about Mad Max was just like that 
I really liked how it went against the grain of making him the lead of the movie because that's what everybody would expect. Hmm. Like everybody would expect Max to be driving every scene. <laughs> so right? Monty yeah, Python. No, I, I was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nobody expects yeah. that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially if you don't want to sound like you hated it, Dave. Yeah. Like we should talk about the, the qualities of it. Well, and I, that's know? why I wanted to start yeah. by saying that I think the film. Oh, is yeah. a visual treat. I think yeah. there's a lot of good things about this film. Definitely. Uh, the, I just have niggles about the film, and this yeah. and overall the final feeling that I came away from from that film was that was a movie you know it's like yeah. it didn't set me on fire I didn't walk away going oh like I know Richard if he was here he had to go but if Richard actually went this is just heavy metal cinema this I mean yeah. he's using it in the it's best pulp- possible yeah, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. basically saying this is just metal you yeah. know and I look at that and I go, yes, it is. And that mm. can go both ways. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because uh, cinema that is as hardcore as this mm. can also completely deflect an audience. Yeah. yeah. Because they're so overwhelmed yeah. by the drummers and the guitars yeah. and the yeah. music yeah. and the sound. It's so, it, but it's so pure. I mean, this is the kind of movie that has like every frame as a, deform- a deformed human being in it. Mm. Like there's a like a man baby for like a better, <laughs> a better phrase. Like, like um, it, it's just so batshit insane and pure it's like this is what he saw in his mind and mm. just just filmed it put it out there for everybody to watch you know uh, the fact that it's like setting the world on fire is nuts to me like did anyone watch the movie like it's like <laughs> bad shit it gives you no lead in or build up just you walk in there and there's like Baron Harkonnen being put on his face mask and, <laughs> and then seconds later there's like a, a baby man midget like with a telescope like they're coming you know and then, and then, and then like people are, then, then 30 seconds later people are spray painting like um like metal gas into their mouth and like screaming like are you ready brother you know like half the people are speaking in Australian I half the people in America no but it's true like if you think about it like the opening minutes of the movie is like just max Mad bites the head off a two-headed lizard, jumps in a car, gets thrown a projectile at him, blows off the road. All of a sudden, he's in a jail cell, and then like he's chased by like four hundred like pale white people like that are painted white. It's like, how is this movie setting the world on fire? Like I don't know. Like, like, JD, do you still like, want to watch this? Yeah, it I'm sounds just... like the world's weirdest D and D campaign. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, but it's like, did we win or did we lose? Like, 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 can, can cinema go down from here? Like, like, <laughs> I was sold. <laughs> now who knows? Oh. Just throw some water in there. I think yeah. Kevin Costner's in it. It's okay. The, oh, that'll be fine the, then. The opening minute of the movie where it's like. Tom Hardy as Max Rockatansky, and then right after Charlie's Ferrana's Imperator Furiosa, it's like I know I'm getting something really good here. Like, <laughs> like, my money is is paid. It's you know? money well spent. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. My last thing I'll say, I guess, is just like that. The movie is all it's trying to be is a car chase from beginning to end, and tell you something else on top of that. And I, I think we got something else. Fair enough. You got, so a, you got a two-hour we podcast got, out of it. We, will, <laughs> we wrap up all film reviews on Geek Actually by saying, would you recommend it to a friend? I I am, and I have already. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If it's yeah. still if it's yeah. still all my friends get back from Japan, we're going to go see it. And yeah. Dave, I think I know yeah, the answer. Yeah, if you're a fan of Westerns or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know the, or whatever. You know, yeah, you know those ones where, Maybe. where dude shows up in a town, it's not really the lead. Shit happens. Then he moves on. That, well, that's that's kind of the story. The, the real magic is everything else. It's like saying like, oh, I love cake, but I only really want to have the pastry or the eggs. 
You know, it's like, it's like, you know, yeah. It's like, give me the fucking sugar, like. Here's the actual test. Would you recommend it to a friend? Yeah. Would you recommend it to me? Uh, dude, yeah. if, oh, if, for if, you, this, if it wasn't this late, we'd be stopping at Tugger and watching yeah. it. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, I'd absolutely recommend it to you. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, look, I look at this film and I go, would I recommend it to people? There are certain people I wouldn't. Uh, as soon as I walked out, I looked at my son and I went, your mother would hate this. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, yes, she would. <laughs> so, yeah, there are certain people I wouldn't recommend because, once again, it is metal. Yeah. And oh, yeah. as, I actually, as metal, I actually recommend it to the actors in the movie. <laughs> like, do they, do they know what they've done? Like, <laughs> Go on, see would I recommend it to did. other people? Yes, I would. There are many people I would recommend this to. I think it is, it is a just a visual treat. I mean, if you just oh, want to go yeah. and just experience an adrenaline run. Go have a watch of this one. This is this, as I say, this is it's saying to the Fast and the Furious people, "Fuck you." This is how you do it. <laughs> yeah. And if you yeah. like Fast and Furious, and it's films, a seventy-year-old man, we need to underline that this is a seventy-year-old. That's year not old. that far away from me. So, <laughs> so, it so really, Dave, Mad Max Five, man. <laughs> so, being seventy doesn't really impress me. <laughs> Wait till he's 90 and he's making Mad Max 6. And when he's 90, I'll be 70 and it's still not going to impress me. Mel Gibson could probably impress Tom Hardy's dad. Actually, do you know what? My biggest my biggest uh, disappointment in the film, not a gripe because I, um, we know he wasn't going to be in it, so that's not mm. a big But my biggest disappointment was that they couldn't patch things up and get Gibson to reprise Max wow. because the idea of having a 30-year-old older Max. Yeah. yeah. Um, would have been like really interesting. Going crazy right? and being out in the desert, yeah, quite yeah. crazy old man. That would have been amazing. Yeah. You know? I've got, got one more thing to say about this, then we can finish. Yeah. I just, I just want to say, I love Tom Hardy in it because of how batshit I thought he played it. He sounded like Bane half like, the time. Like, he, 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 is like, he is like the Nicolas Cage of today, I swear. Like, oh, a little bit, like, yeah. Like he's, like, he's not he's not bad. You know how you can watch Nicolas Cage and you're like, I'm I more of a I don't know, protector. Like, I don't know if you're bad or if you're absolutely brilliant, but in my mind, you're somewhere in the middle. <laughs> it's you know, a fine line. It's a fine line. It is like, a fine like, line. Like, there's, yeah. a mo- there's a moment in Mad Max where he's like, my, my, my name is Max. Max, yeah. Max is my name. And it's, you're like... What actor in the world would make that choice? That, that <laughs> choice. That is why you are special. That yeah. is why you are hired for this movie. You know. Um, all right, we're gonna move on because we we are. Oh, two we're not ho- even done with the show. Hey, two hours twenty review. We're yeah. Two hours twenty minutes into this, we're gonna skip. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. No, let's just do it. Let's battle. Food. No, we're gonna skip weird food this week. We don't need to. Do it. it was only about weird recipes across America. We'll come back to that. I do want to say just to finish off. Finally, Secret Wars. Just because we can. <laughs> The man who wrote Conquest of Clippy or whatever that thing was called, the erotic literature, has actually come out and written erotic literature about the Apple Watch. (laughs) It's called Invaded by the iWatch, and it's a 4,000-word yarn about a young woman, Christy Ockerland, who walks out of her door one day to find a new iWatch sitting on her stoop. And And we're going to read every Well, you know, know, if you tap tap yours, it'll vibrate on the other Uh, end. Yeah, I know all about that. (laughs) to her knees. How about, how about, and all we're going to leave you with is there is actually a passage here from the book, and all we're going to leave you with is the line, Oh, yeah, she cried. Give me a Steve Jobs. <laughs> Give me a Steve Jobs. <laughs> Go out and read it for yourself, people. It's available on Amazon.com. I haven't read it, but I'm not going to. <laughs> oh, I will. 
Yeah. All right. That's a show. That feels like a show. Agree or disagree with us on just about anything we have to say. And of course, disagree with everything I had to say about Mad Max. I, I'm ready for it. I got my, I've got my, my, uh, my asbestos underwear on. <laughs> Flame on, people. All right. I'm ready for you. Feedback at geekaction.com or drop us a voicemail at 02-8011-4167. And remember that you can also just send it straight to the Skype address, which is geekaction, all one word. If you love comic books, listen to our show behind the panels at behindthepanels.net. Love podcasts, podcast pillow for at podcastpillowfort.com. It's a podcast about podcasts. And it's not in the show notes yet because it's too new, but you can also listen to Nerd Corner over at <laughs> geekaxi.com with these two boys. Uh, um, who I believe they're recording the next show in their car again. So. It's a big day for podcasting. <laughs> wow. I don't know how you it's, guys It's going to be like it. six hours worth of podcasting. Oh, you wait till you hear it. It's going to be phenomenal. Oh. It's going to be amazing. All we're going to get in the car, we're going to be like, oh, we got nothing. <laughs> the thing, the thing you got to remember is that if, if you don't be like concrete with everything you have to say, you're just gonna regret not having said it. <laughs> like, like it lives on it lives on an iTunes feed, right? Yep, forever. Yeah. It feels it, feel, it feels long in the tooth now while we're while we're sitting here recording. But a week from now, you'll be like, I should have said this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you can always drop us a voicemail though if you feel. Of course, yeah. Right? Really uh, get merchandise. Join our Facebook fan book page. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Geek Actually uh, at Geek Actually or individually at Dave Longo at David McVeigh. Uh, Nerd Corner AU or Dizzle 1701 and at Mod underscore Ness. There you go. And everybody out there, thank you boys for joining us for this very, very long game. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to be like that to play One again. day I'm going to try and push Dave to see how long he can... He can get it going. For uh, dude, I, can... I, I used to record six hours straight. So, oh, so this I, is nothing. I, I, There's nothing. We're going to do D&D eventually. Yeah. We are going to do D&D. That'll be a full day, day session. Yeah. Stamina, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Geek on, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>